Our institutions have become corrupt. Unconstitutional agencies are infringing on your rights. What will it take for you to open your eyes to the tyranny at hand? You're an American born with unalienable rights, yet those rights are being trampled every day by unelected busybodies. Your liberty was secured by strong men and women of yesterday. Are you willing to let it slip away? You're listening to the Dangerous Info Podcast with Jesse James. Our constitutional journey did not stop then and it must not stop now, Judge. And we'll be faced with equally consequential decisions in the 21st century. Can a microscopic tag be implanted in a person's body to track his every movement. There's actual discussion about that. You will rule on that, mark my words, before your tenure is over. Can brain scans be used to determine whether a person is inclined toward criminality or violent behavior? You will rule on that. And Judge, I need to know whether you will be a justice who believes that the constitutional journey must continue to speak to these consequential decisions, or and we've gone far enough in protecting against government intrusion into our autonomy, into the most personal decisions we make. Judge, that's why this is a critical moment. Oh, yeah, everybody. It is Monday, Monday night. Welcome to the spiritual battle of our lives. It is December 4th. The very first Monday of December 2023. Welcome to the spiritual battles of our lives. Yes, once again. You know what? How can you tell that the truth is being told? Well, when Facebook blocks it, Twitter deletes it, Google hides it, YouTube bans it, your government forbids it, and media brands it as a conspiracy conspiracy theory? Pretty sure it's the truth being told. They're trying to hide it from you. So take no part in that. Because this is not the same world we grew up in. The race to 2030 is now 2025, and the spirits of the Nephilim giants have been passed on to the satanic international elite, and they're trying to gain control over humanity. Are we going to wake up in time for the coming struggle? Well, we're going to find out soon enough. But remember, you guys, in the end, God wins. That's right. And remember, while this coming struggle is headed towards us, you got to make sure you get your food security. is paramount, right? Learn to harden your skills while you still have the time and the means to do so. I want you guys to go to visit DangerousOffGrid.com to prepare yourself for the upcoming battle. That's right, DangerousOffGrid.com. That supports us. It's in our partnership with the Grow Network with Marjorie Wildcraft. So I want to give a big shout out to the think or the live listeners, the live viewers out there right now. Everybody over on Rumble, Twitch, Pilled Foxhole, Twitter. Clout Hub, D Live. What's going on, everybody? Hey, why don't you guys put there in the chats what state are you guys from? I want to see all the states. I want to read them out. So go ahead and put those in there. And later on, I'm going to be checking the super chats, the rumbles, and the gold pills. And if you guys want to get your comments and questions in right now, you can do that by going to dangerouss.superchats.com. That's dangerouss.superchats.com. And by doing that, you can also give us the dollar to or Give us a little tip while you're doing it, and we'll read your comments on the air. So 
Um, also, if you guys want to leave us a voicemail or a text message, we got a text message last week, Outcast. Uh, our, our phone number, 248-238-8155. And I think tonight, since we're having such a fun, loose show, I'm going to put that screen or, or that phone number on the screen and try to take some phone calls from you fine people. So uh, that's right. We're going to get into it, all that stuff right now. So tonight, you guys, this is episode number 123, Headlines and Holidays. That's right. We're going to get into the story of Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. That's crazy. But before we do that, there's a whole lot of other stuff that's got to come on. So um, I want to give a big shout-out to our current supporters. And those current monthly subscribe star shout-out people are Bippermac, Fire Doug, Ryan Mansfield Show, Carmen Rosario, Jill Bart, Chad Geyer, Manny Espejo, Michelle Yerkes, Hamhock, Teresa and uh, Dwayne and Teresa Lazowski, Heidi Human, Pastor Eric King, Steph Me, Cheryl E, and Bonnie Moriarty. All right, you guys, and listen up. Tonight's show is not sponsored by Pfizer. Nope, it's sponsored by you guys. You guys are the subscribe stars and, and, and the, the wonderful. People of, hey, Outcast, the wonderful people of the Dangerous Info Show. And uh, I just want to say thanks to all you guys for being here. And uh, we're sponsored by you guys. You guys are the informed audience of the Dangerous Info Podcast. Welcome to the show, Outcast. Thanks for having me. How are you? You know, I'm blessed in the battle. <laughs> That's right. Oh, no, welcome but seriously, to the show. Last, last week, man, I don't know what it was, but I start, I felt beat up. What do you mean, beat up? I, I don't know how to explain it. Just lots of people and friends I care about having struggles with health issues that, that my, my prayer list is growing. Yeah. Uh, we had our, we have a cat here that's um, in his dying stages. He's got some kind of, of uh, anemia or something. The one visit, the vet says he's fine. Two weeks later, the vet says he's dying. Uh, my wife's father is in the hospital. I felt, I felt embattled. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And uh, it was funny. I, I, you know, the more I analyzed it, I was talking to my sister and some other people. And it's like, you know, when you're rolling high, sometimes the devil really targets you to kind of try to kick you in the in the gut a little bit and take your steam away. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I hear you on that. But bro. I guess, but I'm, 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 I'm fine. I'm good. Thank you. Good. Well, you know, it's, it's, you're not the only one. A lot, everybody goes through a lot of different things at different times. And, uh, you know, we're all included in that. So, you know, if anybody out there is feeling that way too, you know, we want to hear about it. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a prayer out there. What what do you see? Uh, Ivan, I was asking if, if it's the Nephilim cat. No, it's not the big boy. We've got a, a his bro. Well, they, they're not blood brothers, but they were raised together and uh, their owner passed away. We adopted him as seniors and there's a petite one. He's a little guy. He's only like in his prime, he was eight pounds. I think he's down to seven pounds right now. He's just real thin. And this has been going on all year trying to figure out what's wrong with him. And mm-hmm. just like when you go to the doctor, never a straight answer. We even switch doctors. Nobody can tell us what's going on. Yeah. And the part that breaks my heart is I'm just like, is there something in my house he got exposed to? Um, you know, I stopped using, you know, uh, you know, the yard treatment services yeah, and yep, stuff. The roundups and the glyphosates and all that but stuff. Was it still residually there? I don't, I don't know. Well, I know that EMF drives some, some pets crazy too. You know, we got to be careful with so much things now. We're being bombarded with so much pollution, a lot of pollution that we can't even see nowadays. So it's crazy. Yep. But, you know, this is a full on attack. These are the, the, the descendants of the Nephilim uh, giants. They're, they're putting it on us because they know that there's a battle ahead and, and they're trying to stay ahead of the game. And, Dude, I feel it. I swear. I mean, between people I know being sick and, you know, 
their loved ones and then my own pets. I'm just like, geez, I mean, you just feel like we're just, I don't know, man. I know. It's I know. A, it drives you crazy, man. Hey, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So we'll, you, I have you pray for all those in a little while before we get uh, before we get going here. You know, I think we're gonna have since tonight. Um, it, it, we don't have a guest lined up. Normally, we would have because today is the first Monday, you guys, of the month. And uh, Marjorie Wildcraft, uh, she usually comes on here, but she she texted me yesterday, and she's feeling under the weather, and um, you know she she wanted to take a break um, because she's just the, the last. I don't know. Remember the last time she was on, she had to get out of that house in Puerto Rico and go to another one. So, you know, just she's been really busy. She's doing good. Um, she's just she's just feeling under the weather and she just needs to rest a little bit because she's been under the gun for the last few weeks trying to get that move done, which she's done. Uh, uh, she, you know, she's she's got it all over with. Uh, so now she's settling in, trying to unpack and get everything ready for 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 her next you know, for life, her next little section in life. So that's where she's at. But don't worry, everything is good. And if you guys want to like see updates from her, go to her YouTube. It's the the Grow Network on YouTube. She puts out these little videos, four or five minute videos, sometimes like seven minute videos, um, and she sends them to me, um, and then I watch them, and you know, just like everybody else, as they come out on on YouTube. But um, they're good. If you guys want to keep up with her and what she's doing, go to the Grow Network uh, channel on YouTube. Um, all right. So earlier, I asked for some shout outs. Where are you got live people watching at? And I'm looking here on Twitch first. And on Twitch, I'm seeing uh, Missouri. K-Dub's in Missouri. What's going on, K-Dub? Um, let me see. Over on Twitch, they're all talking about their food and what they're eating and all this stuff. <laughs> uh, we have Missouri Ozarks, Victoria Lee from uh, Pilled Foxhole. Uh, awesome. Uh, let me see. Missouri Ozarks was a favorite haunt of Jesse James. That's right. Um, I, I remember seeing some th- stuff about that, Victoria. Yeah, hello. Um, people over on Rumble, if you guys want to, you know, enjoying the show, whatever, please hit me with that like button over on Rumble. Uh, we need we need, uh, we need, need some more support over there. And uh, it's, it's been good, but uh, nobody's putting in their states over there on Rumble. So if you guys are watching from a certain state, where you at? Hit me up with your states. I want to read it out loud. So um, Outcast, I'm here in Michigan. Steve Camber, he's in Michigan. What's going on, Steve? <laughs> Um, all right, so outcast. Okay, let's see. We, we have. Oh, anyway, I, since tonight was a fun loose show, we don't have a guest. Uh, I decided let's make this a little fun show. I got a, a Rudolph story that we're going to do at the end. But I did tell a lot of people, uh, a lot of you know, people that were on the show. I said, hey, if you guys, you know, it's kind of last minute and everything, but if you guys want to jump in live they have my link you know the link to the show if they want to jump in live and jump in and chat and hang out with us so you never know who's going to show up right so that that could be fun but that's probably going to happen after 7 30 after our break but um uh that would be fun if, if some people show up and if you guys want to call in you know i should put that number in there too let's look at that right there if you guys want to call in 248-238-8155 because i will take some phone calls and i think i figured out how to Get the phone calls on the air now. So if somebody wants to take a shot and you know add to the show, we can do that. So, Outcast, go ahead. Uh, what's on your mind? Uh, I'm trying to think what else is. Oh, oh, I want to give a, <clears throat> a shout out to one of my friends and regular listeners. Um, her name's Patty, but her tag on uh, Rumble I think is Patricia. Patricia. She was commenting last week. Oh yeah, yep. I've I've yeah, seen her name come up. Yeah, she's a friend of mine, and she's a regular watcher of the show. And uh, I don't know why I haven't picked up on this sooner, but we were talking today. I was 
we had a, a face-to-face visit and uh, <clears throat> she said, I said, conspiracy theorists. And she goes, no, no, we're conspiracy realists. And I was like, oh, I'm going to steal that. So I want to give her props. If we start using the term conspiracy realist around here, Patricia, Patricia gets the nod for that one. I awesome. Like no, that's good. I like that. She really enjoyed the episode with Biffer Mac. Um, she was pretty moved by that whole thing. You know what? So, we got a lot of feedback. Looks like your camera froze up there for a second, but it looks like we've got a lot of feedback outcast from, from last week's show with your brother, Biffer Mac, because that was a lot of crazy stuff he went through, uh, you know, getting his, um, uh, you know, going through that whole thing with this, uh, the aorta. Oh my gosh. If you guys didn't listen to that show, I, 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 I would tell you, go back and, and listen to it. It was last week's show. It was uh, episode number one twenty two. Um, what a crazy, insane show. Wow. Um, you guys go check that out, but, um, it's, uh, wow. You, you just never know, man. I mean, I guess things yeah. run in your family and all that, but we know not the day nor the hour. Yeah, there not you go. Not only Christ return, but we're you know we're, we're our trip ends, and you know. Yeah, for I sure. don't know, man. You know, um, I'm just looking up here right now. Uh, we have a few things that we're going to be talking about, um, and if, like I said, if somebody comes in, they'll, they'll jump here in the, in the green room, and I'll see them, and we'll pop them in. But next week, you guys, well, actually this week, but the next show on Wednesday, you guys know we're going to be live again Wednesday. You guys understand this? I want, I want you to see that we're going to be live Wednesday at noon, right here, Eastern Time. It's going to look just like this, but daytime, it's going to be crazy. So uh, I, it's been a long time, Outcast, since we've done a show in the daylight. I'm used to dark, so I don't know what this is going to look like. My, I know my setting is going to look different. Um, I'm going to try to make it look the same, but there's going to be too much light pouring in through these windows. And it's going to look a little different. But hey, Laura Singer, Dr. Laura Singer, she's coming on Wednesday. And the title of that show is Nephilim Strongholds, um, because we have some, let me see, what am I uh, talking about? We're talking about spiritual mapping. Uh, how does iniquity open the door to, to territorial strongholds? Uh, we're talking about the, the role of music and frequencies and all that. How does that affect us? Uh, what does the role play in the seed war that we're in? And how is the intersection of epigenetics, DNA, sound, and language advancing the Nephilim agenda? It's crazy because there's so much that they're doing that most people don't even realize who's in control of it. They just think it's part of entertainment or whatever it is, you know? The real the real challenge for us, for you and I, is going to be, for the most part, to zip it and just let her do her thing because yeah. she's. I think she's going to tie it all together and put a nice bow on it, and we're going to have our minds blown. Yep. Um, uh, but I mean, you and I have so many questions because as our faith and and our understanding it, it just keeps expanding upon itself, um, <laughs> we're we're hungry for more knowledge, and she's going to be bringing it. We're just going to have to put our listening ears on. Yeah, and that's a trouble. You know? See, I have I have a trouble. I have trouble zipping it and staying quiet. Me too. I need Me to too. I need to shut the hell up because I just I end up rambling too much, and you know I find well, myself doing that in a lot. And there was one show I forgot which one it was. Remember I told you. Oh, we, two we weeks ago or something. Yeah, but I did it so bad. <laughs> you you said you felt bad about it. I don't. I don't even remember what it was. Now it was you didn't. It wasn't bad to me. And then I feel like that sometimes. And you're like, no, no, it's fine. And I think you know it's good for us to evaluate ourselves like that. But um, you know, I think that's how we learn. You know, we we, we want to sound it out as we're as we're learning about it. We want to yeah. ask the right questions. We want to share what we're thinking. That helps us kind of connect the dots in our in our gray matter up here. Yep. So you know. Hopefully our 
I, you know, we've listen. We got listeners who seem to appreciate what we're doing. I don't, you know, and that's all that matters. And yeah. if they understand how we think, you know, but I mean, I was just saying for myself, I'm thinking next week, I got to be prepared to just let her roll. Cause I think she's going to, she's going to string a lot of things together. That's going to blow our, blow all of our minds. Yeah. And, and if anybody's, you know, if you guys watch her on um, her Instagram, she's always posting on there all the time. And, and did you see that where she posted about her, uh, that, that old Bible that she's got? Yeah. She, just I in the last few days. How old was that Bible? Do you remember? No, I don't. It looked like an 1800s edition. It looked like to me. Yep. That's what I thought too. I can't remember the year, but I went into my barn over there and I grabbed mine. I'm going to hold on. It's right here. I'm going to grab it. Oh man, look at this thing. All right, you guys, I want you to see this. Look at this Bible. Now, jeez. Do you see how big? <laughs> look at I want to show you the spine. Look at that thing. And then look at the look at these uh pages, the edges. You see how dark and everything they are? Yeah. This thing is from 1892. Dude. You guys, I 1892. I have Look at this. Look at the yeah, edge of that. Beauty. It is, and it's so heavy. And this thing is strong. It's not like you can hear that, right? I mean, yeah. it's like a piece of wood for for covers. It is. This thing is awesome. It's got this deep engraving on the front. I mean, that inlay, it's deep. I'm telling you, that's that's this you is some deep work. We, you know, uh, we can't even build a house that would last as long as that Bible nowadays. Oh, that Bible's older than our houses. Yeah, what's what I'm saying? I mean, our, you know, <laughs> we're, we're we're obviously degrading. We're going backwards. Oh, we can't even build anything that lasts. And here, that thing's lasted. Yeah, all these years. Yeah, it's it's, it's or, crazy, uh, yeah. man. It, it's just it's wild. I I love it. Um, where did I find it? It I found this at an estate sale about three years ago. And How I much took. Did you pay? Huh? I, I paid. I think you paid. Well, I bought a whole bunch of stuff. Not just that book, book, but a bunch of other ones. It's just some other things, some tools and stuff. So I think I got out of there about 30 bucks with the whole box full of stuff, and that was part of it. Um, but I, I like watching old Bibles or, or having them and reading them. But, but this one definitely is my oldest. I've got a whole bunch of them that are pretty old too, early 1900s. But there's stuff in here that I have never heard or, or seen in the Bible before. I'm going to have to have you see it, you know, what time you come here. Avenel, I can't wait. It, from what I can tell, I see a date on there. It says 1892. Um, so <laughs> if that's if that's accurate, you know, so I sent pictures to uh, Dr. Laura uh, today. I said, hey, I know you just found that uh, old Bible. Here's the one I have from a few years ago. It's 1892. It is. It's awesome. I mean, the, the, what the, years was, did she say what year her was? I, her, uh, I can't remember. What. I thought it was right around similar. that same year. Yeah. Gotta be similar. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's got some really interesting pages. Um, I look for notes and birth, you know, all that stuff because some of the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Hamhock. Um, oh, I got, I forgot to add some of this stuff to the, to the chat room. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Here you go. There's some chats up there for you. So, um, there's no notes that I could find in it so far. I looked all over the place, but most of the other ones that are older and from the eighties and seventies, they're all handwritten with somebody's, uh, you know, like dedicated to somebody. Yeah. Genealogy, something like that. I know in in mine. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I wish there were more things, um, uh, written in there. So, you know, there could be more, I don't know, personal to somebody. Does that make sense? 
It would have yeah. been nice. But um, yeah, trusty turn up in Victoria Lee. Um, they're saying good night or good evening to everyone. Uh, trusty turnip says yes beautiful bible over on pilled foxhole thank you yes it, it is awesome this we have to do something with this show uh, on the show at some point and get into it and and that you know i want you to see it see what you think i, I want to see it it looked like it was beautifully illustrated with very vibrant colors right yeah well i'll open up the first page um and i don't know how see the more i open this it, this leather i think it's leather it is Should dropping be. pieces of like leather. All right, so here, right? Look at this. Look at this page right here. This is the the very first thing you see when you open it. Look at this. Man, it's, it's gorgeous. I know, and it's a big, heavy book. You guys, can you see that? Yeah, it's you're, you're showing it well. I can see it. Yeah, it's great. It says, uh, "What does that say?" Pictorial Family Bible. Is that what it says? Yep. Um, pictorial yep. family Bible, but there's no name on there. It looks like there could have been a name. Thou shall love for wait. Thou shall love the Lord, thy God, with all thy heart. All your and lean not on your own understanding. Dang! Look at that. What's that eye at the top? Yikes! You see that? Uh huh. I don't know what that is. Well, I don't either. But what it could be is that. Maybe the Masons were directly involved with distributing Bibles. Maybe the Masons are directly involved with altering Bibles. Well, they maybe are. Right. right? <laughs> but so maybe. I hope they didn't get their grubby mitts on this. But look at that. I can't believe it's still together. I mean, I have to show it to you guys. Maybe I'll put it on one of our uh, social media accounts or something because it's got that old, authentic look and feel and smell to it, you know? Um, any more questions about that? Uh, let me see. Go ahead. Oh yeah, any extra books in it that that, that uh, I doubt there would be. But anything? Did you spot anything unusual? As yeah, far there, as the there's totally. This, yeah, there's it's there's spots in there. I'm not going to go through. It. It's too dark in here. Um, that talks about it being um, how to interpret this towards these type of people, and it has that for a lot of different groups of people. I saw one about. I think uh, did it say it said Jude Jews or Judaism or. Something like that. I mean, there's, it's got a lot of outside things that we normally see in these these other Bibles. It has like sort of how tribe, to do things. Yeah, tribe of Judah, maybe it could be. Yeah, yep. The term Jew doesn't come in until about the 1700s, and that that's a modern okay term so that comes from Judah. Then. Yeah, yeah. But I know it's got something all about that. So um, yeah, good to see everybody over there. Pill Foxhole. So Outcast. Let's get into a few things. We we have a. Well, seven thirty is like just about on us, man. Why don't we go on our break? You could, you want to do a prayer uh, before we get going, and then we'll go on break, and then we can uh, on the other side we'll get started with the show because I want to talk about. Well, we got to talk about New Zealand, uh, Henry Kissinger a little bit, this white lung syndrome craziness, and uh, that I want to finish off with the Rudolph story. And you know, like I said, the 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 green room is open. If anybody wants to pop in, they can pop in at any time. Uh, anybody at past guests that have been watching that are watching right now, if you guys are out there watching, like I said, I put the link out. You guys know the link to get in the show. If you want to pop in to say hi, do it. This is going to be a, a loose kind of show, and we're just going to have fun with it. So, um, but on the other side, we'll, we'll 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 see if anybody's got that. So, all right, Outcast, if you want to give me a uh, a prayer for everybody uh, before we go into this break, okay. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, um, Yeshua, uh, Lord Almighty, the one who was and is and is to come, 
uh, the great I am, Lord, we love you and we thank you for the love that you've shown us. We thank you for your mercies that are made new every day. We thank you for the compassion that you show for your children. We thank you for making us in your, in your image, Lord, which is a symbol of our inheritance into your kingdom if we choose you back as you've chosen us. We thank you, Lord, for your daily provision and meeting us in our need right where we're at. We thank you for knowing us better than anybody else on this planet knows us because you knit us together in our mother's womb and you know the number of hairs on our heads. We thank you, Lord, for um, speaking to us in those unique and subtle ways that only we would know it's you speaking to us. And we thank you for your prompting, subtle and bold in our lives. Sometimes you give us a little nudge and sometimes you give us a push towards the doors that you open and you avert us from the doors that should be closed. Lord, we thank you for your encouragement and blessing us, blessing the world. But we thank you for having your way in, in, in the, the nations of the world, our local states and cities, our households within our families and our life projects. We invite you in, Lord. We ask for you to ordain everything that we do. We know that if you've ordained it, nothing can stop it. So guide us into the footsteps that you'd have us go in, Lord. We thank you for being involved with Jesse and I in our friendship in this podcast. We thank you for the extended family that this podcast represents, people all over the country and even the world who tune in to listen to the like-minded people pontificate and seek you and try to understand what is going on in the world. Lord, we ask that you give us revelations like we've never had before. We ask that you give us wisdom and discernment like we've never had before. We ask that you give us compassion for other people and you heal us of our pain and trauma from our past so that we can be set free of our rebellion towards you and other people and we can let go of our grudges and our resentments and be set free, not only setting ourselves free from the, the, the grudge, but setting the other person free for who we're holding the grudge against. May, uh, may you run rampant through every aspect of our lives, Lord. And you know what? Lord, we, we pray right now, we're asking for prayers for all the leaders of the world the good ones and the bad ones. There are good ones that are being falsely accused and persecuted and imprisoned. We pray, Lord, that you can turn all things to your good. So we, we know that you do. We pray that you will reverse the course at some point and unleash, unle- release them. Lord, and we ask that you, um, you take those evildoers, uh, those, those evil leaders around the world. We know you have them there in, in place for a reason. Sometimes it's to wake up the masses to the evil at hand. But when you're done with them, Lord, we pray that we will see your justice meted out on them. We're tired of how they, they treat us, Lord. Lord, we recognize that we are walking in this plane of existence, which is the devil's domain. And we know, we're learning, Lord, how there is a war that rages that we cannot see all around us between the angels of light and the demonics of the dark. And equally, both sides desire us. What is that? <laughs> Lord, what are you telling us about who we are? I know we're your children. I guess that's why. But we know the angelics want us, and we know that the evil ones want us. So help us to fill our hearts and our mouths and our minds with your holy word and singing and praise so that we can navigate through this disastrous mess, which is the devil's domain, Lord. Lord, we seek to know you. We seek to have you involved in our life, and we, uh, we invite you into this podcast. Lord, for anyone out there who's hurting in any way, heal them. Come to them right where they're at and encourage them to get on their knees repent of their sins and submit to the authority of Jesus Christ and be set free in that. 
for your burden is light and your yoke is easy and your yoke steers us onto the straight and narrow path. You are the lamp at our feet in that path and that path is going to take us to the narrow gate. Lord, do not let us go through that wide gate that all the fools are running to. We are your remnant and let us stand up boldly just as that. In Jesus Christ's holy, blessed name, we pray all these things. Amen. Amen, brother. That's right. We are the the remnant warriors out here. Oh, that wasn't too long. No, it was it was good. Jack Pine Savage says, "Amen, amen, brother." Yes, sir. Um, let's go to break. You guys on the other side of this, we're gonna get into a lot of different things. Uh, New Zealand stuff, Kissinger stuff, this cop cop twenty uh, cop twenty eight. Um, there, there's just a lot of stuff. Uh, the white lung, uh, it's craziness. But anyway, I'll be checking all the st- all the stats here. The 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 pilled foxhole, the gold pills. If you guys have any of those, Rumble Rants. Um, I'm also going to be checking in. The, the phone lines are open. Uh, I'll be checking in on the super super chats too. So um, this is the Dangerous Info Podcast, you guys. On the other side of this break, we're going to kick, kick it all off, all right? We'll be right back after these short words. Be right back. Merry Christmas, Merry, Merry Christmas from your Kmart Christmas store. Save on sweaters and on hats, bowling balls and baseball bats. Cameras, TVs, bikes and plants, goldfish, bat boys, slivers, pants. Vaccinated now, 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 before it's too late. You're gonna die in there, all of you. You are gonna die. You'll never, never defeat the human spirit. You'll never defeat God. You'll never win. Never, never, ever, never. And this is where we get tested. So rejoice to God Almighty for this animated contest of liberty. a sponsor of the Danger Simple Podcast? It's quick and easy to do, fellow patriots. Simply go to subscribestar.com, buzzsprout.com, or any other support choices listed in the description of this episode and join us today. We aren't beholden to mainstream media narratives because we aren't mainstream media. If that's important to you, then we need your support to continue to grow and spread the message of free speech and the truth. We are just one small show out here competing with these globalist-funded, script-reading shit shows. We aren't down with dystopian nonsense. We're down with freedom-loving, liberty-seeking patriots like yourselves. We are the Dangerous Info Podcast. Please join us today. Stay dangerous, my patriot friends. Stay dangerous. All right. 
right, you guys, welcome back to the show. Episode 123, Headlines and Holidays. <clears throat> oh, does, does this music here, Outcast, put you in the mood a little bit? No, but that Kmart commercial did. <laughs> Wasn't that awesome? Oh, man, they had it all. They did. <laughs> what, what didn't Kmart have? Kmart had it all. And you know what? I've got, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, I've been playing old Kmart commercials all through November, and I'll be doing it all <laughs> all through uh, December, too, because it's awesome. Love it's it. a nice kickback and uh, or throwback, and it yeah. uh, reminds me of being a kid. Uh, oh, every, yeah, me every, too. <laughs> so a lot of people like to really like to have the, uh, or see that, uh, but yeah, Hammocks is Blue Light Special. Everybody's saying <laughs> amen. Uh, amen to your uh, your prayer there, Outcast. Okay, Trusty Turnup on uh, Pilled Fox. Oh, yeah, she's digging it. Victoria Lee, she's bobbing her head on along. Yep, <laughs> having a good time, everybody. So, um, yeah, Alex Jones I, I, was right again. A- Amy says, uh, or anything, Amy, anything, Amy. Good evening, everyone. Fire Doug is here with uh, with her too. Cheryl E, what's going on? Nice flashback. Yep. So they're digging it. Yes, uh, Cheryl E, Patriot Grammys on. Um, finally made it. Yes, sir. So, oh, they digging our flannels. Outcast. <laughs> Amy Ting, any anything, Amy's digging our, our uh, flannels. But you know, it's it's flannel season. I that's wear them every day. Eleven ninety nine, JC Penny's Black Light or uh, Black Friday special. Awesome. There you go. I think I got you beat um, with this one, like a ten dollar one or eleven dollar one. Nice. Uh, I have a memory of Kmart when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> remember those uh, those plastic guns that shot the little uh, yellow? Oh BBs? yeah. Yeah, they hurt. Yeah. Yep. They didn't hurt that bad, did they? Oh no, they was leaving Not little that. little welts and stuff. But no, they were so fine. I, there was some kid had one out of the package, and we had it all loaded up. And I remember just like, like uh, shooting it in the air, like everywhere, like down the, like over the aisles. Oh yeah, just shooting. And then all, all of a sudden, this this, this storm flight comes running around the corner. He's like, "Hey, who's doing that?" And we all went like a bunch of kids. We all went scattering, <laughs> <running>. <laughs> evacuating the toy aisle because we were we were just having our moment of chaos with the toys over there. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> over there at Waterford on uh, on uh, Dixie. There. Oh yeah, I know the one. Yep, that was a good one. I used to go to that all the time. Um, yeah, when they slap you in the eye, like Hammock saying, yeah, they, they, that's when they hurt, uh, bowling balls and bowling bags too. Yep. I know. I saw that. That was great. That's awesome. Um, I probably have that bowling ball bag in my basement right now. I remember, I remember, you know, those round clothing racks with all the shirts and stuff on them. I would hide in there and my mom would get so mad. And I guess one time she's like, yo, I'm going to teach him. So I jumped in the middle of there, you know, all these ladies are peeking through, the, you know, are looking through, you know, shirts and everything. And I'm just hiding in there, right? Having a great time because you're yeah. all insulated with all the clothes, but you can see yes. people's heads going by and stuff, but they didn't realize you're in there. But my mom knew she decided to let me sweat it out. <laughs> so I think I eventually I came out, you know, she told the store manager or whatever. And um, she goes, hey, um, this is from all, this is my memory. Okay. It might be wrong. It, uh, it might've been a different way, but I remember being taught a lesson and, uh, I kind of panicked in there when I was a little kid. <laughs> so I came out cause nobody came looking for me at the time. You so, know, like normal. So wait, 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 she, she knew you're hiding there. So she made her way to the front door, told the manager, and then you were sitting there waiting for her to show up looking. For yeah. You I thought she, she was just going to, you know, jump in there. And, you know, it, I thought, you know, Oh my gosh, does she leave? Does she leave me or something? But no, I was being taught a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Awesome. Yeah, that's man. When fun. you think when you're a little kid and you think you you got left somewhere, man, that's panic. You just I I miss being uh, going to Hudson's. 
Uh, Hudson's, I had such a great time as a kid at Hudson's, you know, they had, there were three floors, you know, downstairs, downstairs where you went and got the, uh, there was the, all the men's gear and men's clothing and the tickets for the concerts. You go down there to that ticket outlet thing. And then, uh, upstairs were all the bedding and, and the curtains and all that, the houseware stuff. I used to run them through there and jump on all them beds. And I just had a great time and then go through all the drapes and all that. They were on the wall. Oh yeah. But, but also with all those places, you know, from, Montgomery Wards to Kmart and all that stuff, you know, that has a keen memory for me because I was always on the hunt for Star Wars figures. Yeah. There's always that harder to find one. So you'd be like, you go in those places, you beeline it right to the toil aisle and you're like thumbing through the racks looking for, you know, Yoda Chewbacca, or whoever's yep. the hard, Yeah. Whoever's the hard one to find at the time. And, uh, I'm, yeah. Another funny thing, I, we were in Montgomery Wards once when I was a kid and they had like a section of rock t-shirts and they had a Grateful Dead T-shirt with a, with the skeleton with the roses on the head. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know who the Grateful Dead was. I wanted that shirt because I wanted that skeleton. My dad kind of gave me the business about it. Like you know, you know, like I don't know what he said, but he just thought it was silly <laughs> and, and dark, probably because we were com- coming home from church. Yeah. And because he's he swatted me down about that shirt, it's like I joked to my wife years later. I'm like, man, with the punk the punk scene, I've got probably got 150 punk T-shirts with skeletons on them. Oh, my, I bet. so my dad, my dad's <clears throat> denial of it, of letting me have that shirt when I was a kid turned into an obsession as adult. I'm over it now, but yeah, um, I, I had way too many punk skeleton shirts. It's funny. It's, yeah. It's funny how things work out. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. yeah we're talking about cap guns on, on the, over here on the Twitch and all, this, all the fun wow. stuff when we were kids, you know, I, I like all yeah. that stuff. So yeah. Riding the escalators too. Those escalators, sometimes they got, they got scary. Uh, Victoria Lee says, yeah, I did that too. I never uh, see kids do that now. Yeah, we don't see kids do that kind of stuff, but I don't really go out to these short stores anymore. Dude, dude, I just had this revelation this morning. I, I have a couple schools right down the block on either end of my blocks, yeah. right? When was the last time you saw a school bus? There, there's one that picks up the kid across the road from us. Um, but I swear it feels like I'm, I'm in the twilight zone. It's like everything since COVID, it's like, are there kids anymore? <laughs> yeah. Where are they? Where, everything's weird. No, oh, that's crazy. Sense. That is crazy, man. They're on the uh, they're on the bottom side of that Stranger Things uh, thing that we're living here. Oh yeah, we you know. It was funny as we we were watching the Stranger Things again before the kids went back to school, back to college. Uh, just what last month or whatever during Thanksgiving and all that, <clears throat> and yeah. before in October, whenever they were here, we were watching it again. We we, you know, there's four seasons. We watched all the way through three again, and we started four, uh, but we're like halfway through four again. That was pretty good. I liked that stuff. It was reminding me, all the scenery and all that stuff just reminded me of being a kid in the 80s again. There was like oh, yeah. no cares about anything. It was just, it was nuts. Yeah. Um, Jack Pine sees uh, you... bus, school buses every day. All right, good. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not getting out the door at the right time. But um, have you seen, uh, you, are you, you and your wife still watching that uh, Shining Veil? Yeah, that thing is disturbing, man. Dude, uh, it's, can that get any darker? It's yeah. I'm. I mean, it's kind of put putting me off. Me um, too. I, I, I was I, watching I, the other day. I'm like, I'm like, I don't even think my eyes should be looking at this anymore. You know, <laughs> yeah, if your eyes are the window to your soul. It's like stop looking at this garbage, man. Yeah, it, it is it's so wild. Demonic. Oh, trusty turnip says, yeah. Those uh, Sears used to have those uh, their candy counter with the red pistachios. Remember that when we eat red pistachios and our fingers and our mouths would just get all that pink dye all over them great yep. red 40 whatever that it was um yeah that people see oh um hang on we i think we have a visitor outcast 
Uh-oh. Yeah, it looks like we have a visitor. Let me go see if I can. Who that? I don't know. Let me see. See if I can pull up a screen and get our visitor in. So we have, let's see. Let me find a right screen and I'll pull our visitor in with us. And here we go. Oh, it's Robin. Oh, hey. <laughs> it says hey. Jesse Hall in there. How are you, Dr. I Robin? love my new name. Yeah, Robin McCutcheon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there she is. How? Look at that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so God's funny. God's Gun and Liberty. I like that one. Yeah. I'll oh, that's that our one. friend J.C. Hall. I, you know, I actually sent all this stuff to him today, too. So I don't know if he's going to show up. But how are you doing? It's uh, December's here. I'm I'm great. How are you guys? Oh, having a good time. We're just reminiscing about old things and and seeing, uh, you know, before we get into the show, which, you know, we're, we're I guess we're not doing that right now, but we're just having a good time reminiscing and talking about old things and listen to some Christmas music. Well, I loved your Bible. I thought that was so spectacular. And yeah. What'd you think of I that? I was very, I thought that was so cool. Um, I'm really curious what passages in that old Bible are different from the Bibles that you use today. That, you know that we have today well there there's uh-huh. oh, now you're putting me on a spot let me see if i can oh, look up fold this sorry. down sorry no 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 it's all right no <laughs> no <laughs> i'm gonna put on my no shot glasses quiz. here um okay so i just opened it well let me see here outcast what were you gonna say i was gonna say look up uh, a couple of our favorites like uh look up um you know you could do genesis 6 or Numbers thirteen thirty three. Well, and let then, me see. Uh, I'm, my kitty's gonna my kitty's gonna photobomb us. Oh, looks look at that. Oh, he's kitty a kitty. Cat. That's awesome. All right, let me see. Je- uh, yeah, chapter. I didn't put her chair out. Usually, usually I have a chair off to my left where that's that's her place. And then, but if it's not there, she feels like she has to get involved. Whoa! What's, Whoa. what's the cat's name? I heard her. <laughs> that's awesome. Why'd she take the off? Cat's what, name is, the cat's name is Kitty. Kitty. Oh, perfect. It's very, it's very ingenious. <laughs> you know, this thing she has just, a... Go ahead, Outcast. No, no, you go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm it, just, it has I'm a self-pronouncing dictionary of proper names in the Bible. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's got like a breakdown of how you say so many words here. Oh. Nice. Shiloh means Josh. 18 one. Uh, there, there's a lot of stuff here, you guys, that a lot of words I've never seen. I'm assuming there's a concordance in the back, right? <laughs> yeah, I think there is. Wow. There's Bible stories for the young. Like, for example, Joseph commanded the flee into to flee into Egypt, uh, the flight into Egypt, uh, death of children of Bethlehem. Uh, Christ teaches in the temple, the presentation in the temple. I mean, and there's depictions here. Let me turn this around and see. <sighs> Look at this. Well, it says it's a pictorial family Bible, so I'm just wondering if it has more pictures than, say, a normal. Like my Bible has almost no pictures on it. Oh, this has a lot. This has a lot, especially. um, Let me go back. I wonder if it's more like I wonder if it's more like the kids version. Mm, I don't think it is. Now, here's it says authentic self-pronouncing dictionary. Proper names in the Bible, comprising nearly 4,000 names with their pronunciation and meaning, with wow. reference to the verse of Scripture where each name first occurs. Look at this thing. Nice. Oh, wow. Look at that. Proper names. 
And wow, that is really nice. It, it isn't it crazy. It's like um, there is just so much. Let me switch this over and get you out. There is a. Um, I'm, I'm going to take it. Show you a couple of these pictures, you guys. I know in the, for the audio, this is not going to work very well. But look at this, right? So gallery of scripture illustrations. Look at these things. Uh, let's oh, look at this one pretty. first. Yeah, I mean, look at these guys falling. They're being cast. See the see this one right here. Oh, the uh -huh. other page. This page right here. This says, um, and the earth opened their her mouth and swallowed them up, their houses and all the men that appertained undo Cora, undo Cora, and all their goods. Numbers XVL. Mm. They're being cast off. Into, you can see they're being thrown down into something. But you guys, you, you guys have to see this thing. Big crevasse. Yeah, you guys, um, oh, I'm going to look for Genesis 6. Keep on going. Keep talking, you guys. Okay. So, so Dr. Robin, what's on your mind tonight? Anything that's well, really um, got, your, I, got you going today? Well, I was, um, I was listening to the beginning, and um, I was saying some prayers for your kitty, who is not feeling the best. And, um, and I know that there are a lot of us with family members who are, who are ill or not feeling well. And we know why we probably know why. And so I don't know. I just felt like coming in and lending some moral support and um, letting you guys know that there's a lot of us out there praying for you and even for kitties, because even our kitties need to have prayers or puppies, dogs, cats, chickens, <laughs> chickens. You know, yes. Thank you for you this. Know, have I, to, I enjoy I it. have to say that that uh, Jesse and I totally feel covered in prayer by our listeners. Um, you know, this this thing that we're doing here is, I, I don't want to be cliche, but it, it's potentially dangerous. It really is. But at the same time, we feel like we've got an army behind us and we're on the on the side of light. And when you say things like that, I, and other friends and other listeners and other formats tell us all the time that they're praying for us and it uh, it doesn't go unnoticed. We we feel it. We notice it, and we need it. And we we covet those prayers because this is um, I don't know. It's a weird world we live in, and and we are potentially drawing attention to ourselves. And um, well, but we we are but being silent is enough. We're in a massive war of good versus evil, and the forces of darkness are marshaled against all of God's children. We now we know how it ends, right? We know that God wins, but um, it doesn't mean that we're not ourselves in danger. So we all obviously have to take care of ourselves. We have to make sure that we are staying healthy. We have to make sure that we are surrounding ourselves with um, good people um, and guide those where we are instructed to guide. Um, but, but I also know that there are, there are, I don't want to call them, what do I want to call them? There are forces of darkness that would love to take out any one of us in a very blatant way. And that's what makes our, our prayers and um, surrounding ourselves with God's love so important, at least in my opinion. And the more we pray for each other and the more we spread 
just the love of God around, just the happiness from universe, then that layers on top of us a protective barrier. Not that we can go around and be stupid, right? Not that we can do things that are thoughtless, but um, trusting that in those times when we need that extra protection that God's got us. Amen. So, Amen. Yeah. Anyway, those, those were my thoughts when I was listening to the start of the show. And I know that there are, I know that there are hundreds and millions, there are billions of people out there who all of us, all of us are God's children. Yeah. There might be a few that aren't, but I'm not really including them. You know, lizard people. <laughs> yes. We're trying to expose them. Although although they could, you know, there's nothing wrong with praying for lizard people. Right. We want to convert them back to use a prayer to, too. Well, you know, it's funny you say that, you know, I was having this discussion earlier with, with some friends too. And at work there, there does to be, there does seem to be some genetic uh, clues in the Bible about a seed war, but Jesus says the second Adam said, anyone who comes to the father through me, has access to the father, right? So what he's saying is, I don't care what your genetics are. I don't care if you're a lizard person <laughs> or or whatever you are. I don't care. If you want to change your heart mm-hmm. in repentance and come to the father through me, you can be welcomed. That That's the game changer that the devil couldn't foresee in the message of Christ. And when he came and died on the cross and was resurrected, um, am I making sense? It's kind of, it's, it's a very interesting thing. So like, like there's many of us out here that probably technically have Nephilim DNA, right? And um, yeah. that doesn't matter. It's not, it's not a death sentence. It doesn't mean that you're cast into. I mean, it says in the Bible that Jesus came to save the entire world. And um, you're right. I mean, we're all brothers and sisters here. What's interesting, too, is that um, I think I said this on the show before, but Paul refers to the body as a tent. Ephesians says that we were chosen before the foundation of the world um, was 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 even created. So that means we're sent here on a on a mission that does not know time or space you know, it's, it's, it's like some kind of quantum leap thing, right? In a temporary tent, because you don't, a tent isn't a permanent dwelling space. We have this temporary flesh suit that we're supposed to navigate through this, this beast system. And, um, and what, what does it matter what color your tent is or how much melanin is in your tent? If you are a child of God and you meet and you really have the Holy Spirit in you and you get together with other people, you're not going to see race anymore. You don't see color of any kind. Right. Right. Why? Because we're looking at the spirit. Right. The, this mm-hmm. is just our tent. You know, I don't right. care if your tent is red or what color. it is. I like know? it. It's a good analogy, man. Yeah. It, it, a lot of uh, well, analogy. A lot of people don't think of. No. Well, well, you know, and, 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 you know, it's the matrix. I mean, they want us divided by race. They want us divided by. And if we united, I mean, I know we, our listeners know this stuff. They're savvier. But if we are united in love through Christ. Yeah. And we don't care what we look, what color we are, what gender we are, whatever. None of that stuff matters anymore. We just, that is the most dangerous thing in the world to them. There you go. They got to be freaking out if we come together in love, like Dr. Robin was saying a minute ago, right? Yeah. That has got to be terrifying to them. And even more terrifying to them, it seems to me, is that we are all choosing to do this. We're not being forced to do this. Right. We're walking into this with. We're walking into to this with open arms and open hearts. Um, I think I, I read just the other day that one of the co-founders of BLM 
was saying, hey, this whole BLM movement isn't what we thought it was. And I'm throwing my support behind President Trump. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he's uh, right? he, he's taking a lot of heat from all the other chapters of BLM, too. Um, it, right. But, well, of course he is. Yeah, but of course he is. But 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 that's a good thing, because that means that there will be more people um, with whom he's associated or who know of him who will maybe take a step or two back and go, what, what did you see? What did you observe? What was told to you? that didn't make any sense anymore. I mean, how did you figure out the lie? Right. Right? Yeah. And so I think in this time, this is the greatest revealing of truth that this um, that this earth and, and our humanity has ever seen. I think when we come, when we get to the other side of what we're going through, we're going to look back and we're going to say, we're going to be able to point out all the miracles where God stepped in and took over where we didn't know he was, that's what he was doing, Mm -hmm. but that's exactly what he was doing. And, um, wow, it just kind of gives you the shivers, you know, because look, we could have been born in any time period, but we were born now. We, we are here now as warriors of the light warriors for God. And, and yeah, maybe my tent is, you know, not quite as physically fit as it used to be, but we all have our voices and we all have the love in our hearts for our fellow humans. And that's, ex- that's all we're supposed to fight with. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not really supposed to pick up swords. Now we can if pressed to, but this fight is supposed to be done with love and kindness, and happiness, and joy. And that's, those are things that, those are things the other side just can't fight. Right. At all. And, and, and you notice so you watch very them. Comfy. Yeah, and, and you know, I agree with you. And you know, you, you notice the other, other side, and I don't mean to make brushstroke statements like this, but people who are lost right now, they are particularly miserable. They are in a very mm-hmm. dark place. They're, they are missing the party, so to speak. Because they've chosen to, for lack of a better description, align their thinking with how the matrix wants them to, to think, right? So they're trapped in this repetitive cycle of division and hatred and worry and fear and angst and anxiety. They can't get out of it, right? We, everybody here, our listeners and, and the three of us here, we know as we press into the Lord and we feel him work through us, how liberating and how freeing that is. You know, when I earlier in my prayer, I mentioned the yoke of Christ. When I was younger, I thought, I don't want a yoke at all. That sounds terrible. <laughs> but yeah. then I realized that he's he's on the other half of the yoke and he's making my my journey easier because he's he's compensating for my weakness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So once we get to that point, there's nothing that can stop us uh, when we realize the freedom in Christ and, you know, and free, freedom and trying to, to do good in the world that is determined to do bad. Um, you know, you think about it, the, the, the God that we we serve is the antithesis to everything that the world represents everything. Mm -hmm. And when you're young, you think, well, that's no fun. I want to be, the world's fun and, and, and God's square. No, no. Once you realize how dark the world is, you're going to realize, man, there's a lot of peace to be 
with the, the, the square kids because this cool thing is not going anywhere good. Yeah. It's you mm-hmm. can feel it just get darker and darker. I mean, just look at TV and movies. It's it's nonstop how dark it's getting. It went from being haven't watched, Ooh, that's t- haven't watched TV and movie in years. Don't. <laughs> Don't. It's dark. It's not it's sketchy. Unless you're unless you're in the mood to to see stuff cuz I'm looking at movies I saw my whole life and I'm going, oh, I never saw that before. Look at that. And they're just, they're, they're giving us clues constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you go yeah. back to the sixties and see clues in these movies. Maybe even earlier. You go back all the way to the forties. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. The, the, the thing that I'm, um, I think that a lot of people are missing is that um, having that close relationship with God means that you, you have a buddy to rely on. And for me, it allows me to go through my day happy. And that happiness spreads out like a ripple in a pond when you throw up a stone in it. And, you know, happy is, happiness is one of those things that you can give away all day long and you are never empty. You can you just go around being happy, spreading happiness, being kind being nice. And in this particular time, I think that those people who can find that happiness, that peace that passes all understanding, that fills them up, then everything around them, even though there's a lot of, um, a lot of bad things going on, that happiness will spread out into the world. And that's something that the other side can't, they can't fight against that. The more happiness that goes out, the more of that peace that encompasses the, the entire world, that's what we're looking for. <clears throat> and, and I can tell you from my own experience that if I had not found this peace that passes all understanding, this particular time in history would have made me completely, totally depressed, given me a black Same. outlook on everything. Same sister. And, and Same. I, yeah. And I just don't see the world with a black outlook. I everywhere I look, I see opportunity. I see um, I see ways of making small little tiny mm-hmm. differences. It doesn't have to be anything big or extravagant. It's just, you know, the little things that count. Right. And they really do. The little things are really the big things. So, um, so I think for me, for my job is to just be happy. Yeah. Go out, spread peace, be happy, be kind where I can be kind, send prayers for kitties and for people and (laughs) chickens wherever needed. Yeah. And, and I think that that's how we win this war. We don't win this war. We, us, we don't win this war with guns. Now, I'm sure that there are um, people in the military that are doing their thing. And and that's what they're here, here for. But um, for all of us, wherever two or more are gathered, guess who's there? And, you know, it's all good. Um, so, yeah, just be happy. Awesome. Yeah, Those are maybe. very, very smart, insightful words. And, you know, going back to where you started with that, with uh, the, 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 the leader of the Black, uh, Black Lives Matter out of that one chapter, 
he's going to eventually get the other leaders of the other chapters thinking and contacting them in the background to do exactly what you said, Dr. Robin, to ask them, ask him, what is it that you're seeing? Why are you doing this? Because right now they're just letting their fangs out. But I'm telling you, behind closed doors, it's just like the, the actors in, in Hollywood. Some of them can't come out and say exactly how they feel because they know they're not going to get work. Uh, they know that they're yeah. going to be struck down in Hollywood. But they go around the backside and, and you know, that's going to happen with, with some of these Black Lives Matter people too. And you know what's good is, uh, as you were alluding to, when people are waking up and when they do wake up, you can't, you, you can't put that back in a bottle. You know, you can't just go back to sleep. How, how you can't? I've tried, no. <laughs> right? I've tried because this stuff gets you so overwhelming. Go, you can't go back into the Matrix once you've once you've woken up, like Neo in yep. the movie The Matrix. Mm-hmm. You can't go back. Yeah, there's no going back. Yeah. But there was something else that um, Outcast said that spurred a little memory. Um, at, and you'll have to remind me, Outcast, because truly I don't remember. But there is a passage in the New Testament where it talks about that um, God will turn evil to good, that works that are done in evil's name will be turned around almost like a boomerang and and be made to serve the good. Um, I, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know my Bible as well as you do, but what we've been seeing all of these last several years, especially this year, is over and over and over, the evil ones have tried to make something bad come about and just almost with a snap of the fingers, it seems like it's serving the good. Yeah. It just, like yeah. This, just turned um, right around on his head. Yeah. So uh, there's yeah. actually, there's several verses. Uh, Romans oh, okay. eight. Oh, hold on. Big Bruce is in here making trouble <laughs> for me. Um, uh, uh, Romans eight uh, twenty eight. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Mm. Genesis mm-hmm. five twenty, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. Um, mm-hmm. Psalm 54, 5, he will recompense the evil to my foes, destroy them in your, in your faithfulness. Um, I could mm-hmm. keep going, but there's there's like uh, there's a multitude of them. So you're absolutely right. Um, God God does turn all things to His good. He He's omniscient, omnipresent. He knows the the end game, and um, the evil ones don't seem to stop. They don't seem to tire of trying because I think mm-hmm. they know that when Christ returns, they're going to be judged, and their judgment is going to be harsh. So they figure anything they can do to try to derail humanity take control of humanity, um, anything that they can do, they're, they're going to try it. They yeah. can't win because yep. they're not God. But well, as Hamak says, is trying. yeah, they have the evil ones have nothing to lose. Uh, but their souls, mm-hmm. <laughs> those souls, they have to lose. But, you know, they don't see it that way right now. Uh, Trusty Turnip says, uh, you know, in the same line that you guys are talking about, uh, perhaps you were born for such a time as this. And that's Ephesians. Uh, I can't see the number. Four, it looks like 414. Um, you guys, I found, so in my big Bible here, do you want me to read a little bit of what yeah. I found? Now, okay, you asked me to go to Genesis 6 because that's one of our favorite ones. Now, what is so yeah, I cool. Yeah, to today different. What's so cool about this, if you guys can see, you see the top of the pages? 
very by my fingers up there. You see on the corners, there's some writing, right? Uh-huh. All right. So at the writing, if you go to the very top, it says Genesis in the middle. On the left, it says wick- wickedness of the world. On the other side, order and form of the ark. Then the deluge. And then Noah offered, offereth sacrifice. So I'm just going to read a little bit of Genesis 6. And you guys tell me if you hear anything different than what we've heard in all of our modern Bibles, right? Um, so chapter 6, it says, Wickedness of the world, God's wrath, order and form of the ark. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men and they were fair and they looked and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for that he is also flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days and also after that. When the sons of God came unto the daughters of men, and they bore, bare their children to them, the name became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man who, whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in his eyes of the Lord. Some of this stuff is a little different than what I've read before. Uh-huh. A little bit. You know, one of the main key ones when you're looking at a King James is that it says the Nephilim were in the earth mm-hmm. in those days and also after the flood, which might be an indicator of how they survived the flood. Because it's, yeah. it's telling you right there, they're there before and after. So yeah. it says they were in the earth. So if they were in the earth and there was pockets of air caves, Hollow. they may have survived. Yeah. yeah yes. Yep. No, another interesting thing to point out here is that these fallen angels didn't take these daughters of men and rape them. No, they took them as wives. Yep. So uh, Timothy Alberino points out he believes that these fallen angels wanted a legal contract. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be legal husbands of these wives. Yeah. Which, and then if you think about it, if and this is also kind of more Alberino's talking than mine, but he says their fathers, these women's, these these young women, their fathers were interested in the technology and the advancement that they could gain by being brought into this family of fallen angels right right so they're 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 giving their daughter's hands in marriage away to gain knowledge and information and technology from the fallen angels because back then you know in a in a in a a crude form of earth which i don't think it was that crude i think it was probably more technologically advanced than we could imagine but everybody was looking for an advantage right i mean when when you know you go from bronze to iron and you've got a huge advancement in military right so if they were gaining mm-hmm. knowledge from the fallen angels they're like yeah okay well, let's negotiate a deal you you can take my daughter's hand in marriage but they wanted a legal contract and then in enoch it says that they loved their giant children mm-hmm. so they didn't just want to be the progenitors of these 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 uh this genetic rebellion and just set them loose into the world to create havoc they had a heart for them 
So even though they're the fallen angels and they they left their heavenly post to do something they were instructed not to do, um, they still had love like a person for their kids. Now, another interesting thing I want to point out, too, that I heard recently that blew my mind was, you know, people say, well, why is this important? Why do you guys care so much about the the Nephilim and the giants? And well, it's to me, it's obvious because it gives you a clue how they're going to do their second advancement on us to try to take over the world. But in addition to that, it's I think it's in Revelations that says that we will judge we, we're going to judge the fallen angels mm-hmm. in the end times. The humans will. So how are you supposed to judge them if you don't know the story? So I get really irritated. I know lots of them. When you meet Christians who want to just dig their head, bury their head in the sand and go, I don't really, I don't, I might, we don't talk about that. And I don't, you know, <laughs> I see people and they just want to run yep. from this story. Mm-hmm. And it's like, first of all, it's nothing to be scared of, you know, afraid of. It's nothing. You need to know the story because then you're going to understand what they're going to try in the end times, which they're already doing right before our eyes. And lastly, mm-hmm. if you're going to be counted among God's children, you may be in charge of judging them. So why are you running from wisdom? Why are you running from information? You know, as a professor, uh, I'm sure that you love to learn, right, Doctor? Uh, oh you know, no, right? no, not at all. <laughs> no, I you know, you know what I mean. But I mean, do, doesn't it doesn't it re- <laughs> doesn't it repulse you? Isn't it repugnant when you meet people who are afraid to learn new stuff? And here we are in this spiritual battle, and you can see how dark it is. And people want to run and hide. They want to. They just don't want. They want to stick their fingers in their ear and go la 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 and run away. Um, it's crazy. Oh, I, I think there's. I think there's something to be said for um, how people were raised, and um, it. It's quite possible that people who would rather stick their fingers in their ears and run away and you know la la la. Um, I I don't want to say that they're afraid, but it's quite possible that the way they've been raised has been in such a strict manner that to accept any other story other than what they've been told or taught is um, abhorrent to them. Jarring. And and it's jarring. And, you know, when, when you are searching for the truth, when you are searching for truth with a capital T or, or truth with a little t, you have to start looking not only at what's going on around you, outside of you, but you also have to look at what's going on inside of you. And it takes a very brave person to be able to look themselves in the mirror honestly and be able to tell themselves the bare naked truth about themselves. It's a little bit like, it's a little bit like going down on your knees and, and admitting to yourself all the awful things about yourself. And then being able to say, I'm going to give it all to you. And then I'm going to be able to stand up get off my knees and go forward searching for that truth that's around me. Show me the things that I need to see, but it takes a very brave person. It takes a lot of courage to be able to be honest with yourself so that then you can turn around and be honest with yourself to your God. Does that make sense? A ton of sense. Yep. You're speaking right into my life with that. (laughs) 
I, I, I've observed students who don't wish to hear the truth, even just about economics or about political economy, which is sort of an older version of, of economics. And they, they don't want to hear about it. Um, they've been told by their family or their teachers or other professors that, um, that everything that I'm talking about in my classroom is bullshit or propaganda or brainwashing or, you know, any of a dozen other descriptive words. They, they don't want to learn. They, they are actively dislearning. They're unlearning. And, and over the years, I've learned to recognize these students from a mile away. Um, I, I don't hate them. I, I love them even more than I do the students who are throwing themselves into the learning. Um, but, but what I have found is that the more, the more light and love I spread around the people, the one or the two who don't want to learn at all, it, it generates within them a gentleness, a, a sort of a, a soft, squishy place where they can sit and finally maybe relax some of their barriers just a little bit so maybe they ask a question or two. Um, but this running away is very, I've seen it a lot. I've seen it a lot at universities. So it's not a big surprise to me that people would, um, be raised up in a, in a version of, in a version of the Bible that is maybe a King James plus a couple of steps to the right or the left or whatever. They've been raised up in a certain way, maybe, Maybe their dad was a preacher and their grandfather was a preacher and their great-grandfather was a preacher and they come from a whole family of preachers and there's nothing that's going to dissuade them at all from thinking about Nephilim because they were never taught that and daddy never would have said that and grandpa never would have said that and great-grandpa never would. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. They're so stuck and mired in their rut that they just they can't even see out over the edge of it, and that's it's almost okay. A, it's, and it's it's almost like a I, I don't mean to, be, mean to be harsh, but it's a generational curse almost at that point. Well, didn't didn't is it doesn't it say in Proverbs that that I will visit upon the children the sins of the father? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. You know, how we raise our children is um, is we are creating almost like carbon copies of ourselves. So our children inherit all of our all of the good things that we are and all of the bad things that we are. Every every day with raising a child is um, is showing that child how to be an adult in all the myriad facets of being a human, all of them in ways that we can't even see until maybe our grandchildren start coming along. And Jesse, this is a warning for you. You, you won't figure out where you screwed up until your grandbabies come along, because that's when you'll see your children doing with your grandchildren, what you did with them. 
Yeah. And it won't become That's apparent until it won't become, you won't be able to see it until you see it because you can't I see have, it now. I've never heard anybody else say that, but it makes a ton of sense. That's interesting. Well, you can, wow. yeah. If you well, want my dad, I'm just thinking back. Go if ahead. you, if you think back and put that in reverse, how did we interact with our grandparents um, and with, with our parents stuck in the middle, you know? So, I, mm-hmm. but you know, the, the way you're talking, uh, Robin is going forward to something I can't see yet. Yeah. I mean, I can't see that yeah, yet. I, I can see I know. You know, with my grandparents, but I can't see it going forward yet because um, it's just, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Well, exactly. Jess, yeah. You, you you were just warned. She just <laughs> she I, gave you a heads up. I, well, I they bet they, they better like guns and all that stuff because that's that's. Oh, that's, they will. They'll have a good time. Missing, you they might be will, missing the greater point. <laughs> no, I know. They, just they will with. have a fabulous time. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I was raised in a very unique family. My father had a family before I arrived. Yeah. So he was he was married and had children. 15, 20 years before I arrived. And so by the time I came along in marriage number two, I grew up with my nieces and nephews who were my age or older. And so, you know, I was uniquely situated to be able to see how my dad um, interacted with his oldest son, who was old enough to be my father. Mm. That's, That's the spread of years. Yeah. And so I was able to also see my dad interact with his grandchildren, my nieces and nephews, long before I had any children. And so this became very apparent to me, um, especially after I turned 40, when my dad pointed out 40 is generally the age where you've had your children and now you're having your grandchildren and you can see around the block of that circle of life. You can begin to see the things that you did with your children that maybe maybe you shoulda, coulda, woulda done differently. Right. But now it's too late, right? Yeah. So you so you immediately latch upon the grandchildren to to try and make course corrections if you can. Um, that makes but this total sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, so I know, I know older women, older men who are, who are brought up staunchly Christian and it's so staunch that they're unwilling to open their eyes and I'm not faulting them. They, they have their own relationship with God. Um, they're God's problem, not mine. But, but I completely understand um, the person that doesn't want to be taught because they're not ready to hear it. You know, um, the old saying is, when the student is ready, when, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yeah. Well, the reverse of that is also true. When the teacher is ready, the student appears. Mm. And, and. Trust me, I've I've had some students that have taught me a lot, um, but but mostly taught me about um, how to love other people when they are unlovable, when they're well, that's not right the way right way to say it when they're hard to love. They're difficult. 
they're hard to love because, um, because generally the person who is standing in front of me and is hard to love is so much like myself that I detest them. Wow. Oh sense? yeah. I've yeah, had that too. Deep. Really Do- deep. Dr. Yep. Robin, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's some people I'll clash with and I'll dawn on me that I'm clashing with them. Cause I, I, cause they're so much like me. Yeah. Cause it's you mm-hmm. you're fighting with yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, do you guys, I mean, you guys mind if I ramble or do you want to hear no, some go ahead. thoughts on ramble. that? That's what it's all about. So, so check this out. Um, let's see if I can articulate the story. And I, I don't think we've ever, we may have covered this years ago when we first started the podcast, but I grew up uh, in my, the, my home church. I grew up in, there was a, uh, my Sunday school teacher, his name was uh, uh, Dr. L. Schulte. And um, he was a very abrasive, abrupt guy. And he was, it could be very off-putting. And my whole life, I had a hard time understanding what made him tick. So let me give you an example. He was so rigid that, let's say, he loved Americana folk music. And my mom would call him and say, she'd come up and she'd go, hey, Al, um, PBS has a special on American folk music. It's on right now. And he's like, this is Wednesday. And on Wednesday, I do this and I can't watch that right now. Not thank you. I appreciate it. You know, he was very rigid. Well, you know, it takes a lifetime to understand some people, but you know, he, he could be really just curt and to the point and uh, just, I don't know, seems irritable kind of guy. Well, unfortunately how life is when people die, you learn more about them, unfortunately, and you realize how special they are once they're gone. Right. So at his funeral, I'm learning, which I knew some of this stuff, but I, I didn't know it in its, in its entirety. But Al was, was a genius that wrote, math textbooks and received national awards on the regular basis for his math writing. Okay. Wow. He was an off the charts genius. And, um, in fact, this is not, this is, this is going to sound outrageous, but it's true. I have a brother-in-law who works, who's high up in the government and actually works, uh, has been in the, in the Pentagon, for example. And he said when they were before Google and before they could research stuff online, they would call Al and ask him questions about different religious sects in the Middle East and how they interact and what their conflicts are. And Al knew everything. He studied world religions and was an, an expert at them. So he was Google before Google. Okay. Wow. It dawned on me at his funeral that we were all so stupid to him that it, we were, we were difficult to deal with for him. We were the, we thought he was difficult but in reality we were the dumb dumbs. Yep. Okay. He was annoyed by and, you guys. <laughs> yeah, but 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 I'm going to tell you this. He made an effort to exit his comfort zone. He could have easily said, "I'm going to be a hermit and write math books and s- screw all y'all." Right. But he mm-hmm. he joined a church. He taught Sunday school. He interacted with people who annoyed him, and he tried to conquer those feelings. And he tried to be a loving, kind guy. One time, I remember we were at a, a, a function. And he found out that my wife was estranged from her mother. And he, I, it was the most, the sweetest thing I've ever saw, but he pulled my wife aside and was explaining how he had a mother that was mentally ill and how difficult she was growing up. And he was really trying to connect with my wife and let her know that what she was going through was not, she was not alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what I'm getting at is in his mental high place, he chose to step down and mingle with us anyways. Right. Not, I'm not trying to call him a God or anything, but in his intellect, he made a conscious effort to immerse himself with people and try to love people, even though 
it was extra hard for him, probably more so than us. Does that make sense? Yeah, he was just on a different level, yes. right? Totally different. Yeah, he level. was on a whole yeah. other level. Yeah. yeah. And and after he died, I was like, Oh, he's gone and I get him. I get what yeah, else about now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It took me a while yeah. to figure him out. Mm-hmm. No, so I don't know how that fits in, but something you said, Dr. Robin, made me think of Al Schulte. I just had to throw that in the mix. I I work with people like that all the time. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> there, there's... I'm, sur- I'm surrounded by 555 really, really smart people, people who are much smarter than me. And... Um, yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm the dummy. Hey, that happens to I, me. I, well, I mean, I know I'm not. It happens to me on the show if, all the time with certain guests. Uh, I feel like, <laughs> yeah, wow, you know, I, I should not have asked that question. Uh, it's so obvious that I should not have asked it, and I asked it anyway, or just things like that. But, I mean, I love them and all that. I love to have them on. But they, sometimes so, so, I, oh, they make me feel like, oh, I just totally messed that all up. <laughs> you know, so Hamhock Hamhock is correcting you, Doctor Robbins, and he says they are not smarter than you. Now, here's the deal: what you just reflected, because we know you're smart, we do. What he, he's he's pointing out here is your humility. If these professors mm-hmm. that you and Al Schulte had humility also, mm-hmm. but you, these people that you're calling smarter than you, they lack probably. I, I don't know them, but I'm going to guess they lack humility. And with, with a lack of humility comes pride. Pride is the very thing that cast the uh, Lucifer out of heaven, okay? Yep. So you can be smarter than other people, but if you, if you are prideful, it's a very ugly combination. Am, am I correct in these people that you work with? That, that is so very true. And, um, and you, you love them anyway, right? Um, one, of, one of my favorite professors at Wayne State – um, who is now retired. Um, I used to call him Captain Picard because he looked just like Captain Picard <laughs> off of Star Trek. In fact, um, I called him Captain Picard so often with my children that when I was um, defending my dissertation, and th- this gentleman was on my committee, um, my daughter, as I was introducing my children to him, reached out her hand to shake his hand and she nearly called him Captain Picard. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you did good. You did good. I, I did really good, <laughs> but I, I, he was, um, he, I, he was pompously lovable. Oh, and, yeah. um, and, and there were, you know, when you are when you teach in university, when you're part of a an academic community where everyone's the pinnacle of everyone's education is just the the springboard, their dissertation, their PhD is just a springboard to even more learning and more education. Um, you're very quickly surrounded by people who know everything about everything about everything. And my, my dad would put in an extra little bit and say, they know everything about nothing, Mm. you know? Um, because, because you, you can, you can, if you're focused on one tiny little piece, you can know everything there is about that teeny tiny little piece that turns out to be nothing and irrelevant anyway in the whole scheme of things. And, um, and people who have dedicated a good part of their lives to learning constant research um, and discovery of their tiny little piece of the universe 
can be, I'm trying to think of a nice word. I can't think of a nice word. That they, they can just be a bunch of smart asses. Mm-hmm. And, and um, a lot of them come away from their, uh, they come away from their PhD programs and they go into the whatever university they're in and they're just, they're just too good for anybody else. Um, it's, and, and it can be difficult. I mean, I, I know that the people that I work with are really, really smart. They're sometimes I call them wicked smart. Um, but they, they have, they don't, they don't have that ability as much as you guys do of getting along with people, of, of being with people, of just allowing people to be their normal everyday selves. And, um, and when you are a teacher, there's everything that you do does not depend on how smart you are. It depends on that heart to heart relationship that you have with your students. And so we have really smart people who can't teach anything because they don't know how to relate. They don't know how to relate not only to people their own age, but they don't know how to relate to people who are half their age. Mm. They don't know how to relate to people who are 20 or 30 years their senior. They just don't know how to relate because they haven't spent that time to look in the mirror and see the truth about themselves and tell the truth about themselves and find themselves on their knees weeping because they're a smart ass asshole. Yeah. You know, so, so, um, so the people who don't want to learn, that's okay. You love them anyway. The people who run away with their fingers in their ears saying, la, 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 that's okay too. Everyone is traveling their own path through this life. And even though we're, we're, we're kind of all in this together. Um, I think that from my point of view, I think that God is calling some of us to step forward out of our comfort zones a little bit to just do the loving, to just put your arms around people and say, it's okay. It's going to be okay. We are going to get through this. I know it looks dark. But let me show you some of the light parts about what's going on right now. Let me show you some of the pieces where you can, you can kind of feel like you're winning a little bit. And um, when the gentleman who was one of the co-founders of BLM came out and said, I think we're being screwed by the Democrat Party, basically, and I think my smart vote is to go with Trump, I was taking a win. I, I thought that was a great piece of light and love of news. Um, and every day we're seeing these, these pinpricks, you know, you've, you, in your backdrop, you've got snowflakes coming down. It's like snowflakes of happiness coming down all around us. Mm-hmm. And if that's what we focus on, 
that's what we're going to see. And all of the darkness that's around us is just, it's just going to go away. Yeah. It, it, what, whatever it is that you're focused on, that's what's going to become large as life. And so focusing on evil is generally tends to be a bad thing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I like to focus on the good things, knowing that the bad stuff is out there anyway. Amen. Does that, that. make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Okay. You, you know what you're making what you're making me think of too is um it's you it's extra exciting Ham when Hock you see somebody right. what's that? Yeah, Hamhock says I said Hamhock is right. He said each human contains a soul. Focus on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I was gonna say is the reason that the guy from BLM is so is so such a thing to celebrate. And it's whenever I see this, I love it. When you see somebody breaking away from the the paradigm that they were they were shaped in um i don't know if that's the right word but you know you, you know yeah, that's the say, right word molded in or yeah. something yeah he he's he's from he's from the african you know the african-american of the black community uh he's probably been raised with the, these ideas and he's he's been indoctrinated in them and he still chose to chose to go against the grain and say something highly unpopular you can tell that that person is now becoming something new. Yeah. That's always something to get excited about whenever you see it on any yeah. front. Um, and you know, I, I mean, I, I oh, sorry, sorry, Jesse. and he's becoming more, in. he's becoming more based with what he knows. You know, um, he's, he's opening up his mind because like you said, he's probably been force fed so much garbage. Like we all have through our whole lifetimes. Mm-hmm. But when you step past that and you can see beyond that, okay, now you're coming back to where you can kind of see everything in play. Uh, I think that's where yeah. he's doing. I think that's where, where he's heading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost like you're watching somebody transcend uh, what was, what's been put on them. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's yeah. like said, that prick, that prick of light. That's always exciting to see. Um, I'm relating it right now. I'm thinking about my, my new church and um, I don't want to trivialize this by any means. Cause what I'm about to you know say is absolutely 100% true. But it is a very mixed, uh, culturally mixed congregation, more so than anything I've ever been in before. And the fact that everybody just genuinely loves each other, mm-hmm. it feels revolutionary on a spiritual level, right? Yeah. Everybody there is breaking because, you know, I mean, let's be honest. If you were African-American, you'd have plenty of, or black. I, I know, Jesse, you might not like that term. If, if, if you're black, I think black people don't even like that term. Yep. If you're black... Um, you don't want Black people uh, like that term. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to use it. Um, bad habit. But, <laughs> no, but I said they I, like that term. Well, some do, some don't. Yeah, I've heard, some, I've heard <laughs> some black people go, "Don't say that." Just call me black. Said, just yep. say black. Yep. Yeah, just call me black. Yep. But I, I think, okay. um, I think that black people have every they're within their right to have racist feelings towards white people, and I think that white people have every they feel like they have every right to be racist towards black people based on what they see on the news. There are um, what's the word I'm looking for? There are uh, stereotypes that if you want to latch onto those stereotypes, you can find justification for those divisive feelings. But when you see people saying, I am done with all these, this garbage. Yeah. Let, let's, let's come together. That, that is, man, it's a game changer. Well, so sister, I'm seeing a correlation with this guy leaving black lives matter to make this statement. He I mean, he's a pariah in their community. Now yeah. hats off to him. That takes a lot of strength to do. Yeah. That. He'd be a good guy to reach out to and say, Hey, look, you know, you're, you're welcome to come and, and, and talk with us. I mean, we welcome to the party is what we're saying. You know what I mean? Welcome to the yeah. show and, and have a good time because we've been waiting for you, you know, and it's, it's, yeah. 
like you're saying there too, Outcast. You're talking about your pastor, Gabe, your new pastor. Um, yeah. hopefully we can have him on here in a couple of weeks. That would be great to, yep. to to meet him. And you were talking earlier about how uh, it made me think about Sister Verita, you know, Compton disciple, yes. Compton uh, conservative. She is out there doing her thing. She's you know she's been on the show before, and that you kind of explained her and, and her mindset. It's like, look, I'm not Republican. I'm not Democrat. Uh, you, you guys can't touch me with any of these words. I just know the, 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 the true meaning of why we're here and what we're supposed to do. And, and we're doing it. You know, she doesn't let all this color and race and all this nonsense get, get on her back. None of us should yeah. be doing that. You they know what I mean? It's they just- try. They try really hard every day. They, they, they go after her and try to get her to align her thinking with, um, you know, critic, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, racial identity politics. So they try to get her to align her thinking with the, with the Republican party. Cause Trump asked her to speak at a rally one time. And she just says, listen, I am a child of God. Yep. Stop trying to put me in your try, trying to pigeonhole me. Yeah. And she, then she, uh-huh. she doesn't swear. She calls them neck bones, which I think is hilarious. She goes, <laughs> so get off my page. You silly neck bones. Yeah. Just, that's funny. I gotta get the habit. I'm going to use that one more. Yeah. Neck we got to get her back on. She was awesome. <laughs> I know she's uh, a blast. I talked to her on the, fairly on the regular. But it's not just it's not just the young men from BLM that um, that, you know, you can look at and say there's a spark of light. It's also um, things that are things that the mainstream media is trying to push that never come to fruition. Like, um, for, for instance, this white lung contagion, which yes, is yes. A, a common a common cold. Um I noticed that percolating um, right around Thanksgiving, I want to say. It was kind of percolating a little bit. Yep. And then it popped up again somewhere around the 29th or the 30th. And it's not going anywhere. You know, yeah. No one's no one's latching on to it. No one's being afraid of it. And there's know- another big light. When people yeah. stop being afraid of what the mainstream media is pushing, the mainstream media has totally lost control of the story. They they don't control the narrative anymore when we when we uh, you, stop being afraid. Dr. Robin, I was thinking about the same exact thing today and you know what came to mind about it was that it it appears to me that people are tired of anyone or anything that steals their joy. Right. Uh-huh. And what is the, yeah. what does the news do? It steals your joy every time. Yeah. Now in the past, stealing our joy was, was, is how they herded us into a particular direction, stealing our joy and making us angry and fearful. But now people are just like, I, I'm exhausted. I cannot fear anymore. I cannot be anymore, you know, right. So I'm going to turn you off because I can't take anymore. And and then I yeah. think on there, I mean, I think you'll agree. They're spiraling, trying to figure out well, what's the next thing we can come up with. Cause they, they have the same playbook. Right. They don't have anything new. What can we come up with to, right. to make them fearful? Well, h- right. how are you going to well, make them fearful? If they're not listening to you anymore, they tuned you out because you're stealing their joy. Yeah. People, Sorry. People, am, I, am I being redundant? I think, no, I, th- I think you have made a good point here. I think, you know, we went through 2020. So we had the year of COVID and then we had the year of, um, jabs. And, um, if you, if you were still watching the mainstream media by 2022, you were exhausted from being fearful, just totally exhausted. And I think you're right. Outcast. I think people have been turning off the mainstream media by the millions 
And now they're, they're looking at podcasts like you guys have, or they're looking at listening to audio casts, or heck, maybe they're just going outside and having a good time outside. And the longer they walk away from that media narrative of fear, 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 the better off they are. The, yeah. the happier they are. Sure. They have the they have the energy to go out and love their neighbor and talk with them yep. and see what's going on. You know, I'm I'm glad so you I brought think that you're up. Right out, Cass. Uh, Cass, you want to? Just- it takes an awful lot of energy to be fearful all the time, and um, one of my favorite sayings out of the book um, Saul Alinsky's book Rule for Rad- Rules for Radicals is when anything drags on too long, it becomes a drag. Yes. And, and they just drag this on too long. Too long. I'm, I'm yeah. done with it. Mm-hmm. I'm done being fearful. I think a lot of, I left my fear a long time ago. I think a lot of us have, I mean, I, in the beginning, it wasn't even fearing us. Cause I was ready for something like this to happen. You know, it was, I thought it was going to happen mm-hmm. a lot sooner than that, but it took forever. And I was like, no, 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 it can't, it can't. It, and it did. And I was like telling <laughs> everybody around me, Hey, don't do that. But anyway, I'm glad you talked about the white, lung syndrome nonsense because I have, I want to talk about this in the show anyway. So I'm going to switch over to this other screen here and um, there you guys. Okay. So what this is, this is uh, in the matrix. Uh, This is like, I think shady groove in them guys, but anyway, it says, he says, did you notice the counter indications of the COVID jab? It seems on page seven of Pfizer's adverse offense, adverse events report, Mycoplasma pneumonia, which is also termed white lung syndrome, is right in there. Now, yeah. Now, I was telling this to Outcast earlier. Is they're they're just trying to scare us with this and think there's a whole nother thing, exactly like they did with the variants. Remember all the variants and all that stuff. There's no variants, and there's no white lung syndrome. What it is is people who are jabbed are keep getting sick. And they keep keep wanting yeah. to rename it something else and use that new rename thing as the next big uh, scare fear fear mongering tactic. I don't believe yeah. in any of that stuff. I think this is just the jab rearing its ugly head again because it's destroyed everybody's immune system, right? And they're just coming up with more and more things to try to use those because they don't want you to know it was a jab. No, no, couldn't be the jab. It's so safe and effective, right? But no, right there in page seven of Pfizer's uh, report. It says it can lead to white lung syndrome. Take Jeez. take take for it what you take take from it what you will. But um, it, the more you know, consider sharing that everywhere. Well, but we know that there were fewer people. Fewer people took the second jab, and even fewer took boosters. And the more the boosters rolled out, the fewer and fewer people took them. Yeah. And we've gone now enough time. Um, it's been almost three solid years. We've gone enough time that I think the word is finally beginning to get around that those some of those jabs were not very good. Um, I mean, look at the um, the two whistleblowers in New Zealand who held a podcast a couple of days ago and explained how some of the batches of the Pfizer jab in New Zealand had was connected to something like 20% of the deaths there. Well, the New Zealand police arrested those two people Mm -hmm. 
And we were going to talk about this anything, too. I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> and if ahead. there's anything, if there's anything that tells you that someone is telling the truth, a whistleblower is telling the truth, it's when the police show up and arrest them. You know, how do you know? How how do you know when you're not allowed to um, speak out against someone? Well, that someone tries to censor you. Right there, we there, we've got it. So I I think one of the one of the reasons that this fear porn through this um, white lung contagion is not becoming a contagion is because there were a lot of us out there when that um, bivalent variant stupid thing came around. I called it the BS variant mm-hmm. to my students. <laughs> the, this the is the BS twenty four seven. Yeah, the BS twenty four seven variant. Yeah. I mean. Come on. Mm-hmm. So, so I think there's there are far more people out there who are looking at this, going, "No, I'm not. Still not falling for it. Going to have to try again." I'm, and besides, I'm not listening to you anyway. So, um, there, eventually, the truth comes out, right? <laughs> yeah, it will. You, you can't uh, just stop like it. it is, just like it is with January sixth and so many other things. I mean, right. it, it is just wild. The way that they're uh, right. that they're trying to to run these things out. Now you did bring up and uh, uh, the New Zealand, the tyranny over there in, in New Zealand, Outcast. Mm-hmm. I have this. I'm going to see if I can make this bigger for you guys. But um, let me take your name off of here, and I'm going to switch screens here, Doctor Robin, in just a second. And that way, oh boy, my mouse is acting really slow. Um, there we go. Okay. Uh Oh, an update. No, 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 it was, I have all these screens going. I I lost my mouse. It was on another screen. I'm looking for it. (laughs) All right, here we go. Let's get over to this other screen. All right. Now you see this lady right here. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is who we're talking about. I'm going to play this so everybody can hear it. All right. It's going to get big. Her, her and, name is her name is Liz Gunn, I believe, is who this is. Yeah, and she's, she's a journalist mm-hmm. reporting on another whistleblower who's being censored right now in New Zealand for telling the truth, which is classic. All right, let's see if I can open this up, and uh, it, it's going to take off playing. I'm Liz Gunn, and this is an emergency call around the world from New Zealand. Today is Sunday, the third of December, twenty twenty-three. I'm out in the car that we have. I've had a call to say that the whistleblower who has put out the crucial information exposing the COVID lies, exposing the information that he had working for the Ministry of Health in New Zealand, has had his house surrounded by police at 2.15 today. It has been swarming with police. The time now is almost five o'clock. I have not gone public yet because I wanted not to inflame the situation. But why are the police there still? And this I heard 10 minutes ago, as well as that 10 minutes ago, the second person who backs up that whistleblower and one of the people who contacted me along with the whistleblower has had her house now surrounded by police. So those two people are no longer available to talk to us and I must put this message out to the world. I would remind the new New Zealand government under Luxon that you must get out the truths and show you are different from the tyrannical Ardern government. This is a massive challenge for you. 
This is where you show New Zealand what kind of a government you will be. And particularly you, Winston Peters. Winston, I came round to your house on the eve of putting the information out. I reached you by phone on message. I said, I have something very important to offer you. You got into government promising New Zealanders that you would stand up for what we call the freedom truth-telling movement, that you would put out a full COVID inquiry. The whistleblower tried to reach you as well. I gave him your number and he said that he would give you all the information. We were both willing to give you the first drop and make you the hero politician of the world. We are still willing to do that, but I am calling on you, Winston. I am calling on you. Help these people. Make sure Luxon calls off the police. Make sure they are freed immediately. Make sure that this whistleblower is honoured as a New Zealand hero for telling the people of the world the truth. The eyes of the world are upon New Zealand, Winston Peters. Not only that, on a personal note, Winston, you know, as I do, my father in the 80s stood by you when no one would listen to you when you wanted to get the wine box information out. That involved a whistleblower. It was my father who advised Peter Williams to also stand next to you. And it was they who said to the, the braying press, wanting your blood, Winston should be honoured for putting this story out. Well, here it is, karmically. Now I call on you to return that favour that my father did for you. And beyond that, Winston, I did an incredible interview for you at the beginning of the election campaign that helped you get into government. There is no doubt about that. I am asking you, Winston, show that you really meant what you said when you stood in this election and got all those freedom votes. Beyond that, New Zealand and the world, you must send messages to this new government under Christopher Luxon, care of the New Zealand Parliament in Wellington, around the world, demanding that the whistleblowers be freed, and me too, if they come for me. This is absolute tyranny. There are two things at play here. Yes, the Ministry of Health data is important to protect the privacy, but there is a greater importance. The greater importance is if a government is shown to be criminal, then it is absolutely essential that the people of that country find a way to expose that criminality. And that is what I have done here as a reporter, as a journalist. That is a journalist's role, and that is what the whistleblowers have done. That is what whistleblowing is about. This is major criminality on a level of Watergate. It's also major truth-telling, showing yeah, the world what has been done in terms of murder around the world. You either stand by these whistleblowers or you are going to see this sort of tyranny come to your home, your door in future years. And if not you, the doors of your children. We will all be prisoners in future years if the world does not stand by and with and stand up for these whistleblowers. Help New Zealand. We are in dire straits if this new government perpetrates the tyranny and brutality of Jacinda Ardern's ghastly government. This is the challenge. This is when it really counts. Please help. Contact Winston Peters, care of the New Zealand Parliament. Demand that he stands up as well.
it is crucial, it is crucial that they are freed. Oh, I'm man. See, you guys, and that stuff there is people. just, it's just wild. It's, um, you know, that's deep. And the thing about New Zealand is we saw the tyranny come out of New Zealand during the whole scandemic, right? But yeah. what you have to remember, too, is for years, decades, uh, the elites, these global satanic elites, they have been building redoubts and building fallback locations in New Zealand. As far back as 2014, I remember, 2013. I remember hearing about that, that they're, they're retreating. They're building these big, giant castle-type homes with these uh, impenetrable basements, uh, these safe rooms, because they knew in the future something was coming and that they would be the target of what was coming. We can see it mm. unfold now after all these years. Um, but t- for me, that to see that New Zealand is this tyrannical in their government doesn't surprise me because I always knew that these guys, these global satanic elite, are there. And I believe that they think that's the place that they're going to hide when all this goes down and people are out looking to tar and feather these officials and these uh, elites, elitists that are out there in, you know, imposing these things on, on the good people. Yeah, okay. I've heard, I've heard that um, New Zealand and Australia is like uh, underground military bunker central. Oh, yeah. That, that the elites yeah. have... Tons of tunnels all throughout that part of the world. That is the, that is their, that's their headquarters essentially. For some reason, I've heard that a few times. Oh yeah. And I've got, I've got a strange. I, th- I probably mentioned it a long time ago on the show. Uh, I don't know how. Take it or leave it. But I'll just share it with you. Uh, a customer of mine was at a gem show, and uh, she was a new age new age person, and she said that there was this guy and he had these massive crystals that would go for like $250,000 on his table. Mm. And she said, where, nobody there had anything like that. She goes, where are you getting these? And he said, well, I work for the Australian government and I'm underground a lot and I pull stuff up from underground. Yeah. And she just came out wow. and asked me, she said, she goes, is it true that, um, that they're pulling children out from underneath the ground right now and that they're dying when they see the light? And he goes, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but everything you've heard is true. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, you said it here on the show before. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing wow. what people are I hadn't heard that one. Yeah, and, and yeah. That's a whistleblower right there who's um didn't go big time like 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 what's happening here, but uh hopefully that word gets around. Because we know what's going around with these tunnels everywhere, but you know, New Zealand, world central of these tunnels and, and what's going on. Because the global satanic elite are there. That's where they're hiding at. They have redoubts there, you guys. Don't you think that um, there's going to be a little bit of a Streisand effect yep. with these whistleblowers being so um, publicly arrested? I mean, they, they show up in the middle of the afternoon and they're there for three hours before they haul these people away. Mm-hmm. I mean, why didn't they show up in the middle of the night? Dr. Robin, do you have a theory? Because you're, ask, you're asking some well, really compelling questions. Well, I'm I'm just, you know, if New Zealand is the place, the fallback place where all these um, elitist lizard people are going to retreat to, um, would be the best way to draw the world's attention to it. Yeah. So you think it might be part of the plan? Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, well, you have I'm to expose a little it. hazy on... You I'm exp- a little hazy on some parts of the plan. 
Um, <laughs> but I've, well, been, I've been I've been watching New Zealand since this um, COVID thing rolled out uh, three and a half years ago, and New Zealand and Australia were were two of the countries where there was the most oppression that I've ever seen in an English speaking country. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. It, it was beyond tyrannical. Yeah. I, I was expecting the New Zealanders and the Australians to pick up their pitchforks and torches and go to their parliament houses and drag their um, ministers of parliament out and just rip them to pieces in the streets. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure why they didn't do that. But um, it wasn't a surprise to me to hear these two whistleblowers come out with this kind of information because Edward Dodd's been talking about this for over a year. Yeah. And, and I've been watching the actuarial tables for at least a year and a half or going on two years. So, uh, so I knew this death and misery and um, disabled um, syndromes were coming to people who took the jab. But I'm glad. I was glad to see these two New Zealanders stand up and um, and put out their podcast. Um, but I just think it's weird that the police would come and surround the first guy's house and then go surround the other gal's house, and and they're still at this. Mm-hmm. And the lady who gave the um, the the brief little. Um, TikTok interview or whatever it was, uh, um, Miss Gunn, I think I read that she was outside one of the homes that was surrounded by police. Why didn't the police go arrest her? Why did they let her sit there and do her little video? I mean, if you want to keep something under wraps, if, if you were really worried about this whistleblower um, blowing New Zealand secrets all over the place. Why make it so blatant and so public? I mean, because this is just going to cut. Co- well, th- this is going to cause the Streisand effect. Yeah, exactly. You're, all you're over the place. Talking about the Streisand effect, you do this in public so other people see it and scare them too. Uh, th- that way, it makes them not want to do it. Um, right, but also it it. <laughs> Part of the Streisand effect is not just scaring other people into not doing it. Part of the Streisand effect is also um, you don't want the information to get out there so it gets out there faster. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. It's a good point. Over here on Pilled you know, Foxhole, bit- there's some feedback. Joyful June, she says, I'm digging the uh, that magnetic, magnetic flower pot behind or whatever that thing is behind Dr. Robin's head. <laughs> oh, there. Yeah, that's spinning around. I guess so. Also, she says on yeah. or this is trusty turnip over here on Pill Foxhole. She says on season one of American Horror Story, which I've seen, uh, it showed them all locked up in their safe houses after some kind of apocalypse. Exactly. Okay. You know, I didn't even think about that until you just said that, uh, trusty. So thank you. Yeah, um, I, I think that's what's coming. Uh, it, it's it's wild. Um, the tires and feathers are coming back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure um, how many places these um, elitist lizard people are going to have to flee to. Um, I don't think they can get off planet. So they're trapped here with us. They can go in downside planet, but yeah. If there there really is a, if there really is a tunnel system throughout the, throughout the world inside 
the body of the earth, um, then maybe it's uh, maybe it's true that the urban um, what was that the urban military drills that were going on in the early 2020s were some of that kind of info some Jade of, some of that kind of things that were yeah the so Jade Helm um, stuff, yeah. you know is there is there any place for these elitist lizard people to escape to yeah. i'm i'm really beginning to doubt it antarctica cuz we can't get there but but these global elitists can um because the uh, yeah the, but the military can the military can so it'd be great to find out i mean that's I, you know what i think we're all going to see it we're all going to come down at some point we're all going to find out everybody who's even yeah. has died in the you know has already died they're all going to see it too at some point it's all yeah. going to happen so all will be revealed to everybody not just the the ones that are here alive but the ones who have passed on too oh yeah they already know everything they they've already got the whole picture yeah. i'm sure wow um, but so, listen yeah. listen guys i'm going to i'm going to let you go thank yeah, you yeah. so much for letting me pop in and um, completely destroy your entire line of thought. <laughs> no, no, you it was didn't. awesome. It was great. Perfect. Yeah. You saved us. Yep. It was good. I think everybody enjoyed you, you coming in. I mean, I, this is fun to me. I, I like it. What do you think outcast? I mean, uh, I, I loved it. It's me too. Awesome. I mean, just have people pop in on, cause I can see people pop in on the, um, on my green screen or my green room right here that, um, if somebody else pops in, I'll pop you back up. I mean, I can fit 10 people on the screen if we have to. So the, the that'd system, be a party. Oh man, it'd be confusing for somebody. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but uh, um, I appreciate you, uh, Doctor Robin, for popping in here. That's awesome. You were in the chat room and hanging out, and decided to come on in. So um, we're we're gonna go for a few oh. more minutes because we have a few more things to to cover here before we end. But uh, you know, it's open for anybody. If you guys want to pop in, you have the link. Uh, do it. Uh, if you have, we want to call to do that too. All right, Doctor okay, Robin. Well, thank well, you so much, guys. If I don't, if I don't talk with you again, yep. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Well, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you too, and uh, hope Santa and and everybody is good for you, and have a, have a good time, and enjoy your time off, of, you know, the school, and enjoy the break. Everybody, thank, thank you so much. Thank you for your prayers and your support on every level. We really, really appreciate you. Yeah, it's been great. We'll we'll have to reschedule right, another one, but um, going to work out. Excellent. Yep. Thank you. All right. All right. Good night. Now. Talk to you later. Stay dangerous. Well, there it is, Outcast. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, was I cool. like that. I that was it. really good. Um, wow, it's 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 on the fly that you know I have to shift these things around, but it's having a good time. You know, I'm gonna go check the the gold pills right now because I saw some come in here from uh, over on Pilled Foxhole. Joyful June says uh, she gifted us a cookie. Today is National Cookie Day. Love tonight's guest. I'm an eighth grade math teacher here in Georgia. God bless y'all. And Trusty Turnip says, uh, well, she gifted us another cookie. So one for me and one for you. It says, okay. uh, thank awesome. you, Jesse, Outcast, and special guest, Dr. Robin. Well, thank you guys for for those uh, giving us those cookies. And uh, that's awesome. So thank you over on Pilled Foxhole. Uh, they're having a party over on Twitch right now. And uh, everybody over here on, uh, oh, Fire Dog, he says, thank you, Dr. Robin, so much. Yes. Having a good time. So. Outcast, we have a couple more things. I know it's nine; it's just after nine. But do you have a little time to finish this up before we have to go? A little bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, you guys, don't forget Wednesday. We're going to be here again at noon. Right? We're doing this again Wednesday, two days from now. Uh, Doctor Laura Singer, she's coming back on. Uh, she's presenting us with the Nephilim Stronghold. 
it's going to be a wild show. Um, she's, she's got her, you know, her last episode, number 71 on here. That's our biggest show ever, ever our biggest episode. So, uh, that I expect this to be, uh, similar to that. So it's tough to get her on though. It's once a year, man, I'd like to get her on more than that. She's, uh, she's in demand. I know you know, big time. Uh, we I have, mean, she's part of that. Uh, she's part of the blurry creatures crew. And I think that keeps her, you know, on high profile, you know, a lot of, a lot of people want her and she's, and she's brilliant and she's a spiritual woman. You know, there's a lot of reasons why she's in demand and yeah. uh, I'll take her once a year. If that's all we can have her, you know, I'll take it what we can get. Um, musical ever says, do you know if she's talking about things in her book? I can read a couple of significant chapters quick. Yes, yeah, she, she probably will. Um, you're talking about the, um, the roots of the federal reserve. That's her book. You guys should get that book. It's awesome. Am I giving any, if I talk about what she's, well, we did it earlier. Well, no, go Music ahead. lover. What, yeah. Yeah. Music lover. What, what, uh, based on some stuff, feedback that Jesse and I gave her, I think she's kind of customizing, customizing, a, a bit of a presentation that's going to take us not just so much from her book, but like, she's kind of hot on, um, what is it? Territorial strongholds, yep. you know, areas of, um, uh, spiritual Iniquity. mapping as she yeah. calls it. So she's going to tie spiritual mapping into frequency and music being used by the, the devil and then tie that into the Nephilim. It's going it, to, it should snake around like that. No pun intended when I say snake. Um, but it's, uh, is that fair, Jesse, to say that? Yeah, is I that, think so. Yep. A good assessment for, <clears throat> yep. so she's going to be, I don't think she's sticking strictly to the book. It's more of, she's really into this frequency and music thing right now she's been talking about. So mm-hmm. she's going to bring some of that into it as well. Yeah. Um, all right, let me go here. Let's go to the next one. Cause we have two more little stories I want to get to, and then we can call it a night. So I have to put on my wood shop glasses again, so I can don't get sawdust in my eyes. So, all right. Uh, trusty turnip says, um, that was season eight of American horror story called apocalypse after the nuclear event where everybody, all those elites were, you know, in the redoubts hanging out and doing all that stuff. So, um, yeah, you guys are going to be when she talks. Doctor Singer talks about the the frequency stuff. Um, it, I've already known about this, but I didn't know about her when I knew about this. The four forty, the four thirty two, the four forty four, and how Rockefeller plays into all that as as that family does. You know these satanic global elites. All right, let's go to the next one. Talking about Henry Kissinger. Now Kissinger died the other day. He went to meet his maker. He's hanging with Satan right now because he's one of the global uh, satanic elites, correct, outcast? Uh, oh, yeah. he, he's the, been around forever. He was 100 years old. And he's of that old school crew that is behind the scenes controlling countries, controlling presidents, controlling uh, futures of our unborn children, everything right now. He's, he's got his hand in all that stuff. So if you guys didn't know, the, the COP28, uh, you know, the globalists all were just met. Um. Yeah, Hamhock says he died many years ago. It was just announced. Yep. Well, some people can can see that. Yeah. That. I, all right. So look. Um. Do you guys know the the how they meet over the cop? Uh, I think it's what's that? Uh, I'll read it here. Uh, this is by J.D. Rucker. J.D. Rucker's good. I'm trying to get him on the show, too, because this guy is great, but he's he's got a great sub stack. If you guys ever want to check him out, um, it says, uh, talking about the climate change, globalists at COP28, COP28, are pushing bugs and frankenmeat because of Henry Kissinger's rule number one. If you guys remember this, and, and you know what? I have this video somewhere. I have to play it at the beginning of one of these shows. Climate change is a scam, and the skeleton key the globalists use to impose, impose their will. 
And they're using that key to take total control of the food supply. Now, I got this article. Um, this one came from Marjorie Wildcraft. All right, so she sent me this the other day. Um, here's the bold claim. About one lie, uh, one lie about climate change stands out as the biggest. It's bold because there are so many climate change lies being dismantled or disseminated by the global elite cabal and their many puppets in government, media, and the scientific community. Nonetheless, one is a real whopper in both the literal as well as the Burger King sense of, of the term. They claim that gas comes from cows is the biggest threat to environment. One could easily write an entire book debunking this claim, but the real tell that should make everyone question the entirety of the narrative is the fact that lab-grown meat, the supposed green replacement for real meat is up to 25 times worse for the environment than the natural stuff. Of course it is. I mean, this, Typical. the intention, uh, if the intention was really to save the environment, wouldn't this fact make replacing beef with Franken meat a non-starter? Yep. Um, it's, it's not like this is data is coming from some fringe or site, uh, fringe site or right wing scientist. It was initially reported by a study in the U university of California in Davis, as they noted, Quotes, uh, the scientists define the global warming potential as the carbon dioxide equivalents emitted for each kilogram of meat produced. The study found that the global warming potential of lab-based meat using these purified media is, to, uh, is 4 to 25 times greater than the average retail uh, beef. Wow. If, now, you got to remember, these idiots think carbon is bad for us, right? We need carbon. The plants need carbon. Carbon is an essential element that we have to have. Without it, we're done. Remember, you are the carbon they want to destroy and get rid of and eliminate. All right? Without carbon, there's none of us. We're dead. Um, if replacing the pasture with the Petri dish as the origin of the beef has nothing to do with saving the environment, what do the globalist elite cabal members really want? For that answer, we, we turn to the recently deceased godfather of modern globalism, Henry Kissinger. He detailed three rules for their agenda. Now, these rules, I saw him get, um, he was at one of these globalist meetings, right? And I think it was Luke Radowski from We Are Change, Luke We Are Change, confronted him with the camera and a microphone and talked about all this. And it was awesome because he, was, he, he, he confronted an elitist and I loved it. Uh, number one, who controls the food supply controls the people. Number two, who controls the energy can control the whole continents. Number three, who controls money can control the world. The first tenant is the, is the relevant one here. Controlling the food supply is a primary goal of the globalist elite cabal. It's exp exponentially easier to simply outlaw real beef rather than try to take over every ranch in the world. To those who may be skeptical about the intention of the globalist elite cabal, I urge you, I urge you to dig deeper into all three Kissinger tenants. Watch what's happening to the food supply with the Frankenmeat push, unprecedented bird flu, food production plants being destroyed, laws being passed to harm farmers, and massive inflation at the grocery stores and restaurants. Yes, they can't take the meat away, but they can take away our options of getting it. All right? Then repeat the process for energy and money and so on. One does not have to become a full-blown conspiracy theorist questioning the moon landings in order to see the machinations of the globalist elite cabal unfolding before our eyes. One simply has to realize that the elites, and I agree with him. He says, I hate using that term because what, because it's what everyone else uses. So I'll invoke it here for clarity. 
really engage a depopulation and control agenda that spans a, the aforementioned governments, media, and scientific community. In academia, federal law enforcement, big tech, central banks, Hollywood, and a dozen other influential industries, the scope of our dilemma becomes more clear. Over the weekend, these elites met in Dubai to further their plot of our demise at COP28. There were some present uh, represent <laughs> there were some representatives from the real meat world who tried to talk sense into them, but they were not only met by a reluctant audience, but also eco cultists, as the Gateway pundit <laughs> noted. Uh, vegan eco terrorists are outraged that meat lobbyists descended on the COP28 climate conference in Dubai to counter the attack on meat consumption in first world countries. The climate change zealots, communists, basically, yes, are not only coming for your gas-powered vehicles, they want to destroy the cattle, farming industry, under the guise of reducing carbon emissions with a net zero plan. <laughs> net zero will lead to famine. Of course, this is the plan, and it isn't the first time that junk science will be used to starve millions or billions of people. The Soviet Union communist pseudoscientist Tromfin Lysenko to starve millions in the 20th century. The United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization rolled out its food guidance uh, for first world countries in an effort to reduce carbon emissions. The message to, quote, rich countries, consume less meat. Here's a quote uh, from Bloomberg. It says, nations that overconsume meat will be advised to limit their intake while developing countries where underconsumption of meat adds to a prevalent nutrition challenge will need to improve improve their livestock farming according to the fao <sighs> we're almost done here there's no way to change the minds of those who have already determined that they must eliminate meat from our diets we know this because the facts presented by uc davis should have made them reverse course if that were possible it's not the only things that we can do are number one continue fighting the good fight by opposing any actions taken by governments and corporations against real food industries number two Prepare ourselves, our families, and when possible, our communities for a future in which real food is outlawed and only government-supplied rations are used to control the masses. Number three, pray. For, my, or for transparency, my freeze-dried beef company is obviously very much embedded in action number two. We are trying to supply high-quality long-term storage for all American beef to people. It is my sincere hope that my readers do not think I'm fear-mongering for the sake of sales. I would be talking about this existential threat if I had no interest in feeding people. In fact, the whole reason we started the company in the first place was to fight exactly what we're seeing unfolding right now. Don't let anyone gaslight you. Attacks on real meat have nothing to do with climate change. The powers that be that have weaponized climate change as their universal boogeyman to justify destructive actions so people don't recognize them as crimes against humanity. What they're doing to meet is 100% about control. They're just following what Kissinger told them to do decades ago. Mm, interesting. <sighs> Doesn't that follow you know, everything that we always talk about in the show? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a, a younger friend on another text thread asking me, what's the story with Kissinger? I don't understand. But, and you've covered everything perfectly, but I just want to add this to it. Yeah. I'm a little bitter because when you and I were growing up in the 70s and 80s, we heard about his name our entire lives. Yep. And we, we, he was sold to us as this, some kind of a foreign diplomat hero that we're all <laughs> supposed to admire had Henry Kissinger. I mean, by who uh, we just, and who told that? us that, who told us that 
Right. Well, exactly. Well, now yep. as we learn everything, every time they tell us somebody's a, a hero, they're a villain. Every time, every time they tell us somebody's a villain, they're a hero. There you go. And uh, that he's a classic example of that. I mean, I, I think I can I can hear Walter Cronkite's, uh, mo, you know, uh, monotone yep. deliverance in my head right now. Uh, talking, they always just brought him up like he was somehow built into our government, but I don't remember anybody even voting him to be there. You know what I mean? He and then he kind of like he he vaporized from being part of the U the US governmental tapestry and now that he became this international, you know, and then I look at him, he lived to a, if if you know, if what they say his age was true, if he was a hundred, I want to know how many babies do you have to eat to live that long? That's what I'm curious about. Uh, how much adrenochrome adrenochrome you got to put in your body too. Exactly. You know exactly. Yeah, all good points there, Alcast. I love it. And um another thing too is remember he's the one he was part of the one that made inroads with China. He knew that China was going to, you know, they, the, the, the satanic global elite wanted China to be the manufacturing hub of the world in the future. That's why he told Nixon, get in there. You're doing all this stuff. You're We're doing this to the dollar. We're going to do this to manufacturing. And he did. He ended up making it happen. He get, he made him sign things. He, uh, uh, you know, he was, he was the puppet master behind the strings. Of course, there's more puppet masters above him, but he was one of the major puppet masters for a long time in our country, uh, decades and decades and generations. All right. Um, yeah, he's the one, he, he's the one that opened the door, uh, to China. And I'm sure, you know, he got his orders, his walking papers from, uh, Rothschilds and, uh, you know, Rockefellers and Orsini's, whoever, you know, but, uh, that's part of their whole, they were, they were building that one world government back then they were building that and they, they had to take, they had to get all these pieces in place before they could do it. And they, they're still at it. They're still at. They're a lot closer to it now. But the thing is that they have to worry about, yeah, the, all the elite lizard people. <laughs> um, the, the, what they have to do is what they have to worry about is while they're doing this and they're getting closer to their end goals, they're real close, man. Remember, 2030, 2025, people are waking up. So that's their biggest problem is like people are waking up to it and they can't hide it anymore. So good luck to them. But look, th there's me and you out here talking about this stuff, but there's people out there going to be really, really mad and they're going to want something more than what we're doing here on the show. So, yeah. so, you know, that, that, that's that. So, um, th there's a lot of stuff coming, but all right, let's get to the last story. Do you have anything to add? No, I, no, not on that. No. <laughs> all right. Well, what? Go ahead. Say something. Oh, no, no. I just, uh, <clears throat> I got a little feedback on episode 121 from uh, former guest Richard Sanchez. Richard oh, Speed yeah. Rock. Let's hear that. Let's hear that. Um, do that so, while I set up our next scene. Okay. So he said, I just finished episode 121. He sent me this a couple days ago. Clapping hands, clapping hands. He says, uh, Jesse is on to something about calling the atmosphere the firmament. You are pointing the way. He says, <laughs> you're pointing the way. Uh, I, I love everything you said. All the media has done... All the media has done is but but a smokescreen being controlled by the ones who fund the, the news networks. The word is the end all and be all. Praying mm, hands. There you Pray. go. God. So that's from Richard. He he sent that the other day. In awesome. To episode one twenty one. Well, thank you, brother Richard. Um, that that means a lot. I um, yeah. I heck yeah. Totally uh, believe that. The firmament. Yeah. Um, let me see. I think I'm ready to go. Where is it? All right. Yeah, I'm ready to go. So I'm going to be reading this off the screen. So my head's going to be down, but I'm going to put a picture up here on the screen. 
Um, let's see what this screen's going to look like right now. <clears throat> All right, Outcast, you see that? Yeah. All right, you're off to the corner. So that that little corner right there would be for somebody if they're going to pop in and join in. So that's what this screen is all about. Now, we're talking about Rudolph and Rudolph's story, right? So here is the book right here. Rudolph's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Wait, Rudolph's Rudolph the Reindeer's Red Nose lights the way. Now, have you have any of you out there do you guys know about the story of Rudolph and how it became along? Hammock no. <laughs> says Rudolph was gay. <laughs> um, let me see. He's looking at his phone. I'm not looking at my phone. I, I'm actually looking down here because it it's comes from my uh, other screen that's down below me, and I can't pull it up in front of this one there, else I won't see anything. But all right, let's get underway with Rudolph and how his whole all this how it started. All right. His origin story. So here we go. I'm going to read this stuff and I'll switch. Now, this is the cover of the book, the original book. That's the original artwork right there. Rudolph the Reindeer's Red Nose Lights the Way. Listen to this story. It's pretty cool. If it's true or not, I don't know, but we're going for it. <clears throat> All right, here we go. It says, wow, I had no idea. Uh, this came from a person named Josephine Burt, but she is. Copies.com is where it came from. All right says, wow, I had no idea about the origin story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. If you aren't familiar with it either, read below. As the holiday season of 1938 came to Chicago, Bob May wasn't feeling much comfort of joy, or comfort or joy. A 34-year-old ad writer for Montgomery Ward, May was exhausted and nearly broke. His wife, Evelyn, was bedridden on the losing end of a two-year battle with cancer. This left Bob to look after their four-year-old daughter, Barbara. One night, Barbara asked her father, why isn't my mommy like everyone else's mommy? As he struggled to answer his daughter's question, hang on. All right, here we go. As he struggled to answer his daughter's question, Bob remembered the pain of his own childhood. A small, sickly boy, he was constantly picked on and called names. Remember that. But he wanted to give his daughter hope and show her that being different was nothing to be ashamed of. More than that, he wanted her to know that he loved her and would always take care of her. So he began to spin a tale about a reindeer with the bright red nose who found a special place on Santa's team. Barbara loved the story so much that she made, made her father tell it to her every night before bedtime. As he did, it grew more elaborate. Because he couldn't afford to buy his daughter a gift for Christmas, Bob decided to turn his story into a homemade picture book. In early December, Bob's wife died. Though he was heartbroken, he kept working on the book for his daughter. A few days before Christmas, he reluctantly attended a company party at Montgomery Ward. His co-workers encouraged him to share the story he had written. After he read it, there was a standing ovation. Everyone wanted copies of their own Montgomery Ward bought the rights to the book from their debt-ridden employee. Over the next six years, at Christmas, they gave away six million copies of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer to shoppers. Every major publishing house in the country was making offers to obtain the book. In an incredible display of goodwill, the head of the department store returned all rights to Bob May. Four years later, Rudolph has made him, has, has made him into a millionaire. Now remarried with a growing family, May, May felt blessed by his good fortune. 
But there was more to come. His brother-in-law, a successful songwriter named Johnny Marks, set, uh, set the uplifting story to music. The song was pitched to artists from Bing Crosby on down. They all passed. Finally, Marks approached Gene Autry. The cowboy star had scored a holiday hit with Here Comes Santa Claus. After a few years before, uh, like others, Autry also, he was not impressed with the song about the misfit deer, reindeer. Marks began uh, or begged him to give it a second listen. Autry played it for his wife, Ina. She was so touched by the line, they wouldn't let poor Rudolph play in any any reindeer games that she insisted her husband record the tune. Within a few years, it had become the second best-selling Christmas song ever, right behind White Christmas. Since then, Rudolph has come to life in special uh, TV specials, cartoons, movies, toys, games, coloring books, greeting cards, and even a Ringling Brothers circus act. The Little Red-Nosed Reindeer, dreamed up by Bob May and immortalized in a song by Johnny Marks, has come to symbolize Christmas as much as Santa Claus' evergreen tree, trees and presents. As the last line of the song says, he'll go down in history. Isn't that pretty cool? Yeah. I, like <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Now, the guy Johnny Marks, his last name is M-A-R-K-S, not M-A-R-X, so... Don't get any of that twisted, right? Now, here's the back of the book you're here, you guys. Check this out. There's the back of the book. Written by Robert L. May, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Published, uh, hard to see that. And I think it was 1930-something, 38 is when he started uh, writing it. So soon after that. What do you guys think wow. of that? Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, a little little history to a cultural iconic thing from our <laughs> youth. Yeah. We so, grew up with. yep, and look, everybody's talking about how they love. I was wondering how long they would continue to keep that old coat, old coat around. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Here's Trusty turn up with uh, on Pilled Foxhole. I always loved that show as a kid. Looked forward to it every year. Yes, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. So we, we were watching it the other night. Oh, was it on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been playing. They've been. I, I turned on the TV tonight for a second. It was on and on the same channel. Some channel my wife found it on. It was they were playing this, playing it, and I think they were playing the sequels too. You know, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, the baby New Year one they were playing. They're playing them all. I I feel like I haven't seen that stuff in <laughs> forever, man. Uh, but I used to love it when I was a kid. I used to love all that stuff. So, uh, all right, let's see where we're at. I think that we are. I'm going to check all the red pills and all that stuff. So, um, the gold pills. Let's see if we have any more. Because we're, we we got to wind this thing down, uh, outcast. So I'm going to go over here and check the rumble, see if we have any rumble rants. Um, no rumble rants, but I understand what you guys are talking about. There's a few people over there talking. and, and, and Let me see. Okay, so they're good there. Uh, Twitch, yeah, they're always having a good time over there on Twitch, doing having their own party. So, um, all right, outcast, let's get a outgoing message for the week. Well, two days. We're going to see you guys again. Don't forget. Wednesday, in two days from now, we're going to be right back here live at noon, noon, noon Eastern, all right, with Dr. Laura Singer. I want you guys to come in here. I'm going to send out some stuff on social media and emails and all that stuff. So you guys got to try to get your friends. I know it's an awkward time of the day, but hey, she's a busy lady and that's all we could do. So with that, Outcast. If you can't, if you can't make it live, just watch the playback. That's right. <clears throat> and share it. You got to share it. Share it, share it, share it. That's good. That helps. We have to grow. We have to be able to fund this thing, man. 
So, all right, Outcast, go ahead with uh, with your uh, final. So I'm just going to read from Revelation 21. I just took so much hope in li- listening to this. You know, Revelations can be intimidating and a little, a little dark and scary because we're talking about the end times. But, you know, um, Dr. Robin and all three of us were talking about mm-hmm. just growing the, the kingdom of God through us, through, through love and through unity and through, through the energy that, that we're creating by not allowing them to pull us into the dark realm. And I, when I saw this Revelation 21, it just, man, it kind of jumps out to me. And it, it, it's, I don't know, I'll let it speak for itself. Here we go. Um, let's see here. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from, from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. So, um, like I said, that kind of speaks for itself, but that's what we're looking forward to. That's what we're working for. That's what we're building for. This, I just, I can't help but see the futility in trying to turn this into a paradise when the Bible tells us Paradise is coming here. We're not, it's not going to be us doing it. It's going to be of God's doing in his timing, right? I'm not trying to tell you not to to have fight in your gut. I mean, yes, we got to stand up and hold the line until Christ returns. But, um, you know, here it is in scripture telling us in the end times, uh, this place will be transformed into the paradise and we will walk with God Mm. just as Enoch walked with God. And just as uh, Elijah was taken up with God. And Moses had interaction with God. We too are going to experience that um, if we hold the line and we stay close to Him and we press in when things are difficult and when things are ugly. Uh, we can't give up the fight. We have to just continue to press in and build our relationship with Him. So when He comes, He knows us. Yeah. If you're chasing the world and you're chasing Britney Spears or whatever you're, you know, Beyonce and Jay Z. Well, good luck to you because uh, they're leading you like the Pied Piper right to the wide gate, which is going to be death and destruction. Mm. Um, I'm through. There's an old Devo song, if anybody out there remembers Devo, and it says, I'm through being cool. <laughs> I'm through <laughs> being cool, man. I don't care about the cool kids anymore. I yeah. don't care about the Fonzies. I want to be with Jesus. Um, man, I feel like such a holy roller, but I don't. I love it. I mean, my heart is on fire for the Lord. So yeah. once again- if you haven't done it yet, if you haven't reached the end of yourself, when you submit to Jesus, you're going to understand why I'm geeking out here about this. Um, I can't make it for you. I can't create that. It's going to happen to you organically. But as you see how broken this world is and how it's not getting any better and how the evil ones are in control, um, you're going to have to press into the Lord to find hope because it ain't here. It yep. ain't among men and it ain't where nobody's coming to save us among the people. It only comes from Jesus. He's the only way through. Sorry, I'm ranting. That's that's, so that's good my stuff. message for tonight. <clears throat> no, thank you. That's good stuff. You know, there's so much good stuff. It, like you said, it is scary uh, in Revelations, but there's so much to learn from that stuff, you guys. Get in there and, and start reading it. You know, it'll scare you, but uh, you know, maybe read it during the daytime. Um, well, you know, at the very beginning of Revelations, it says, um, blessed is he who reads this, this text. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's bl- I mean, blessed? I mean, it means... If you take the time to try to read it, God's going to bless you. Yep. 
what does that say? He wants you to know this story. It's, like, it's kind of like what I was saying earlier about the Nephilim stuff. Yeah, you can sit there and go, ah, what has this got to do with anything? Well, mm. if we're going to be judges judging the Nephilim or, or actually the fallen angels in the end times, you might want to know the story. Yeah. I hear you, <laughs> brother. Yeah. Be armed. We well armed. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for, for reading that. That's good. Um, I'm seeing right here that uh, Monster Mike. He says, thanks to all the prayers and well wishes. My mom passed uh, peacefully yesterday morning. Uh, sorry, sorry about that, Monster Mike. We, uh, you know, you, you kept us informed of what was going on with her. And, um, um, you Sincerous know, condolence. Yeah. Since, you know, our hearts are with you, brother. And um, you know what? Cheers to your mom for, for a, a lifelong life well lived. All right, brother. And, you know, um, Mike, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this too. Um, I, I've, I too have lost my mother and, and it's a very, it's a yucky club to be in. I'm not going to lie. The, it, it, it's, it's an orphan feeling. It's, it's yucky. But um, if you ever need to talk, you can get my number from Jesse. Yep. Or maybe if I'm, if I'm in studio sometime, we can talk. Um, if you ever want to bounce off of somebody, I can, I'll probably understand some of what you're, you're feeling and going through. You're not alone. Just know that you're going to feel lonely. Holidays are going to suck without your mom, all that stuff. But just know that you're, you're not alone in your suffering. Other people have been there too. Yeah. And you'll make it through. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to have you come over, Mike. He's he's just down the road for me, and he can uh, he can uh, come by, and we can <clears throat> go over all this stuff. So yeah, you don't have to take all this stuff alone, you guys. Um, it, it's it's rough out there sometimes, and uh, that's what we're here for is to kind of lean on each other a little bit, right? That's what we're supposed to do. So, um, Outcast, I had a good time tonight <clears throat> with you and yeah, uh, Doctor Robin uh, McCutcheon. She called in and uh, unexpectedly, that was that was awesome. I liked it, and um, you know. We'll have to do this again, and I just want to make sure you guys don't remember or don't forget in two days. All right, two days. Be right back here. Try to get here. Set set it on your calendars. We're going to be here at noon. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, and 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 have a pad of paper and pen ready to take some notes because you're going to have your mind blown by this yep. brilliant woman of. And another thing too, on Thursday I'm releasing another our second episode of Dangerous Reboot. Uh, so that's coming out. And, uh, so, you know, we're going to have a busy week for sure. All right. We're going to have a busy week to, to go and we got two more days uh, to look ahead. Um, so you, you'll see all that stuff when it comes out. So again, thank you to you outcast. Thank you to, uh, professor Robin McCutcheon and, uh, to all you guys in the live chats out there. Thank you guys. It's been great having you guys here interacting. I'm glad you guys have been doing that. Please over on rumble, hit the like button. Everywhere else, hit the shares, uh, likes, whatever there is. Uh, please do that. The gold pills and, and the red star or the the red pills over here on Pilled Foxhole. And, um, you know, read the description of tonight's show down below is where you're going to find all the information, all the show notes and relevant stuff to, to reach us. Also on social media, you can find me on True Social, Instagram, Gab, Rumble, Twitter, and Telegram. Our mailing list as well as uh, uh, our email and all that stuff is the most important way to stay connected with us. So I encourage you guys go over there and join the email uh, service. All right. Um, that way you can stay ahead because I, I send out emails late, late night <laughs> and people, I think dig that stuff because they wake up to it and, and you know, there's something new in their inbox. So um, if you guys have something relevant to say and you want to, to join that way, email the show dangerous info podcast, at protonmail.com. And don't forget, join us live here every Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. And in case of this week, two days from now at noon. All right. Thanks again for listening to the show, you guys. 
I'm Jesse James, and as you guys go through the week, remember to be bold, be courageous, stay alert, and don't fall for the government media complex propaganda that's coming at you at every level of your life. There are solutions to all this stuff. It's up to you guys to act on those solution ideas. We love you guys. Stay blessed. Stay in the word. And stay dangerous, my patriot friends. Stay dangerous. The word smart, right? Remember when smart came along? Smart car, smart mm-hmm. phone, smart meter, smart watch, smart everything. People, you yep. know, I, I I knew right away when I first heard it, um, it was, you know, S-M-A-R-T. People just think it's smart, like intelligent. It's not, okay? Smart, what it stands for, it's an acronym. Self-monitoring analysis and reporting technology. SMART. I had no idea. I'm going to repeat that again. Self-monitoring analysis and reporting technology. Okay. Wow. What this is, 